1: everyone, and welcome to episode 53 of What Did You Watch This Week?
0: It's a new year here at the podcast. My name is Mike. My name is John. But technically it's not a new year as in like New Year's. But, right, right, right. But it's like a, an annual thing for us. Right, 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 right. It's like
1: an, a start of a second of our second year,
0: yeah, it's like how businesses always have those queer, you know, fiscal years, and they're like, "Yes, but September thirtieth is the end of our fiscal year." Well, it's so close to December. Why don't you just do it in December? But no, <laughs> right, right, right. They so gotta right. be weird. I mean, because we're we're already past the uh,
1: the New Year, and then we're already past the Chinese New Year. Yeah. So, I mean, what else and, is there? Uh, uh, I don't know of any other New Year celebrations that have done. Isn't that uh, weird?
0: That there's only the two? Yeah, like, everybody does one or the other. And Chinese New Year seems to be pretty much based around China. Um, Hence the name. Hence hence the name, Chinese New Year. But you don't hear, like, you know, the Bangladesh New Year or, you know, Turkey's New Year.
1: Hmm. That's a very, like, I'm, I'm interested now. I mean, does anyone else besides America... Oh, see I see oh. in the Gregorian calendar uh-huh. New Year's Eve is also known as Old Year's Day or Saint Sylvester's Day.
0: Why Saint Sylvester? Who the hell is Saint Sylvester? I don't, I don't know who he is, but All it's I like called think that in the countries. The cat that was always trying to eat Tweety bird. <laughs> <laughs> Patron saint of the cat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not familiar with any other type of uh, New Year's celebration besides, you know, December 31st and January 1st and then whenever the the Chinese New Year falls. Hmm. So.
0: Crazy. It's crazy, I tells you. But regardless, uh, we're celebrating a new year here with... Episode 53, which is a weird number because it's a prime number, and it's just kind of odd. You never hear about 53 of anything or, you know, 53% of something is never really
1: noteworthy. No. Nope. I mean, you know, 51% is even more noteworthy than 53% because 51% is just over half. That's right. And then when you're at 53%, you're like, ah, oh, whatever, semantics. Well, uh-huh. it's 52, 52 cards
0: and a, and a deck of cards. Yep. Yeah fifty five if you count like the jokers and the rules cards. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you do. But they're in the deck. When you open up that it's deck they're, they're there. They're in the deck. Yeah. Yeah. And now you know. Anyway. Huh. <sighs>
1: Alright, so we are here this week to talk about TV shows we are here this week to talk about movies we are here this week to talk about any news in relations to movies and TV shows yeah just like we were every week for the last 52 episodes
0: good gravy you think somebody's <sighs> gotten sick of us by now
1: I don't know people like to people
0: like to encourage us uh, you know i get i
1: get i get uh positive feedback so i guess they're not huh. Yep. so hey uh did you listen to that podcast that martin recommended not yet i have not did you i have given it a listen it's only 33 minutes long and i don't have the title right here in front of me it's called um not revelations not retributions it starts with an r <laughs> but anyhow um Nope, not reckonings. Uh let's see here. Yeah, I can't recall. I, 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 trailblazers, I s- trailblazers. Yeah, you know that it's other like R word. Nothing to do with R's whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, was it Isaac Waterson or something, something like that? Yeah, was that the the name of the guy. Um, it's a, it's uh, the first episode is essentially about the uh, ascension of movies. Like how back in the late 1800s, these two German brothers, they – they and he had a word and maybe that's the R word I'm trying to think of that he said that basically it meant like uh, when it comes in, it revolutionizes the industry and people either have a massive negative or massive positive look at it. But then within a quick amount of time, it's like how did we ever live without it? You know what I mean? Like those people who are against smartphones, and then they get one. It's like, how did I ever function without this phone before? Um, But, like, for instance, it goes back. He he talks about these two German brothers who basically had the first motion picture, if you will. They called it something else. And um, it was only a six-second loop and they had booked and this they were german and they had booked uh take this 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 show on the road to all these different places because i mean it was like the talk of the town was all the rave but just 8 weeks later to Uh, French brothers out of Paris. They developed an even better way to do the film and show a motion picture. And then, like, he talks about the history of it all the way up through, you know, um, from talkies to then television becoming a thing. And this whole story all starts with a guy who brings a movie in late to Blockbuster, Apollo 13. He gets hit with a $40 late fee and he's like, This is ridiculous. How can we. Make this so people can have a movie as long as they want and not have late fees or, or make it easier on them. Like, you know, if they forget about it, they don't get around to watching once they rent it. And essentially this guy made Netflix. Amen. Yeah, and so he really but, – but that's how it starts, and then he goes all the way back to the late 1800s of those two German brothers and then the French brothers and then how movies came about and then TV and then all of a sudden how TV became so hugely popular and on and on and on, all the way up talking about you know home video and VCRs. And I never knew this, but like in like 1986 or whatever, the, the Motion Picture Association uh, went to Congress to try and get a ban on people having VCRs and a ban on blank video cassette tapes because of <laughs> – of copyright issues I believe that you know I, I mean it was really interesting like I mean there's so much more information you're gonna get from this than I'm that I'm putting out there on this but it was just really cool and I mean obviously this is something you and I have been passionate about uh, well we both you know like movie and TVs we do a podcast about it we both worked at a video store mm-hmm um, which I think we both would agree. Maybe, maybe not you, but I've maintained that, like, working at the video store is one of my most favorite jobs I've ever had. No, I hated it. I loved
0: it. I, I loved hated it. it. It was great. Yeah, but you also had me around and you had Matt around. You yeah, know, that's when, true. When I worked there, I worked under an oppressive dick and then yep. I worked under his wife. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who was ben better? Jerry. But, yeah, I just kept getting yeah. the bad versions of people uh, for the most part.
1: I yeah, uh, no, okay, I can go with that. I had you and I had Matt, and then even after Matt left, I had Travis, and that was that was cool. So
0: yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I was a fan. But anyways, so back to what we started about. You should definitely check out this podcast called Trailblazers, and uh, was it Isaac was it Isaac Watterson? I didn't even check something like that. Yeah, um, I think that was the name because when I when I did my search for it, just Trailblazers, I got everything about the basketball team. Nothing about oh, sorry, Walter Isaacson. I did Isaac Walter Waterson. Now the guy's name is Walter Isaacson. It's really
0: cool. It's really cool. So there we go. Excellent. Sorry, I didn't mean to even go on that rampage. And that covers our podcast about other people's podcasts. We'll see you next week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, John, please kick us off like you do every every time when The Walking Dead has been on.
0: Oh, the, the Walking Dead this week, like, I didn't take notes on it, and that turned out to be a detriment because it, the episode made such a little impression on me that I had to actually go look it up on IMDb before the show tonight to remind myself of what happened. And then I looked at it and I went, oh, yeah. And I went back to doing what I was doing. And then I had to look it up a second time because I forgot again in that short amount of time.
1: Oh, wow. So it was a really powerful episode. Then. <sighs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It was st- it was supremely predictable. It basically completely focused around the kingdom and the kingdom is the one holdout group, you know, Morgan's there kind of pushing the, uh, you know, we shouldn't fight. We shouldn't kill people because he's got this whole big thing about, you know, don't kill people. All life is sacred. And, you know, when he lost his mind and went batshit crazy, the guy that brought him back kind of brought him around to that way of thinking. So now he tries to basically preach that to everybody. Don't kill, don't kill, don't kill. Even though he sees over and over again that like, He lets people go, and bad things happen. And people are like, if you had killed him, and he's like, no, 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 you shouldn't kill. So then this week, you know, the the kingdom won't help Rick and his group because Morgan says, no, we shouldn't kill. Lives will be lost, blah, blah, blah. We get a good thing going. So the head of security doesn't agree and decides that the best way to show the kingdom and and Ezekiel that, you know, they really do need to fight the the saviors, that the saviors are bad people, he decides to cause a conflict. So he basically gets out on their trade route ahead of time and causes this big... He takes shopping carts and ties them together into an arrow, pointing off to the side of the road, so everybody gets out and they go and they check, and there's a grave dug there that says, bury me here. That's the name of the episode was burying Me Here. And while they're off looking around at this, he takes one of the 12 uh, tribute melons out of the truck. They're supposed to give 12 melons this week to the saviors, and he takes one of them out so there's only 11. So when they show up, the saviors are like, yo, there's only 11 here. There's supposed to be 12. And so they uh, shoot one of the kids, who happens to be Morgan's protege, shoot him right in the leg. Now, apparently, Mr. Head of Security had set this up ahead of time that they would shoot him, and then he would be buried in that hole, and it would basically provoke them all to say, you know, we need to fight the saviors. Hold on. He
1: set it up ahead of time with the saviors that they would kill him? Yep. So, like, he went to the saviors and said, hey, I'm going to set up a plan. I guess so. uh, To make these people fight
0: against you, and you're going to kill me for it. Yeah, I, I guess so. He was talking about how Oh that's he, just Yeah. Ugh. He was like, I, I talked to so and so, it was supposed to be me, I was supposed to get shot, I was supposed to be killed. And instead the kid gets shot in the leg. They didn't kill to they didn't shoot to kill, they shot to wound, but they shot him right in the femoral artery. And so he bleeds out and dies. And everybody's all upset and everybody's pissed <laughs> off.
1: Yeah, so he so you say shot him in the femoral, i like, so they did shoot to
0: kill. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. Um, so Morgan kind of loses his mind again, you know, goes back to the dark place and he goes and finds the head of security and talks to him. And the guy's just like, you know, I didn't mean it to happen that way. It was supposed to be me. I talked to so-and-so it was supposed to be me. And which again, made no sense. Um, but then again, this episode was a little bit rough like that. So then they go back the next day to deliver their one melon, you know, to, catch them up and right in front of everybody morgan kills the head of security chokes him to death strangles him and uh then tells the saviors he's like see we know what needs to be done we can take care of our own we don't need any trouble from you go away and they're like okay so they go away and he tells king ezekiel you know yep we're all set we don't need to fight we don't need to be against them it was all this guy he was a dick But then he turns around and goes to Carol, who's been living as an outcast, and says, by the way, just so you know, um, Negan killed Glenn and Abraham and all these other people in Alexandria. Nobody wanted to tell you because they thought you'd been through enough. So yeah, do with that what you will. And I'm going to go kill everybody now. And he takes off on a one-man mission to go kill everybody. And Carol's like, I'm going to go talk to the kingdom and get them to go kill some people too. So in an roundabout kind of way the head of security's um, plan worked because now the kingdom is going to be joining in. Now Morgan is back to killing because he realizes he, that you have to kill sometimes, but it was very convoluted and it didn't need to be that way. I don't know. Like I said, it didn't leave yeah, enough it an impression on me to actually warrant me remembering it. Week after week. <laughs> I'm reminded why I don't care that I'm not watching this show. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's getting harder and harder for me to, like, look forward to watching it. It's definitely become a, oh, yeah, that's on there. I should watch that. But it's definitely not a show that I am excited about watching each week. There are plenty of other shows that have taken that place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's about it for The Walking Dead for this week. What you got?
1: Uh, so I'm not going to break down every little episode because I'm just I'm just not okay. Um, but my wife and I have watched the first four episodes now of uh, the HBO show Big Little Lies. Okay, yeah. Um, we we actually we like it a lot. I mean. Um, each episode's about like forty. I think it's like forty-five minutes long. You know, mm-hmm. um, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, uh, others. It's it's a big. Basically, what it is is the show starts out with uh, we're at this uh, play or this this trivia night thing. We're at this community gathering. Someone's been killed. We don't know who it is. Let's go back in time a few weeks to the first day of school involving these five like fifth graders and their parents. And it's the whole story. It's cut in between as we progress story. I'm sorry. As we progress forward in the story, it's intercut with the police interview of minor characters of the show. Like none of the major characters were interviewed by the police yet. It's just the minor characters. And the storyline is furthered by the intercutting little interviews, which sometimes are everything from like a couple minute conversation to just someone saying a sentence, and it helps further the story that we're seeing, and it's all building up to this. This um, it, it ends up being a uh, Audrey Hepburn Elvis party costume party uh, fundraiser gimmick for this rich Monterey, California town, and uh, trying to figure out who was killed because we don't. Um, your microphone don't is results.
0: getting really bad. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. How's your call quality? I
1: will just drop down to two.
0: I can hear you a bit better.
1: Oh, there it goes. It just bounced all the way back up to fine again. Okay.
0: Yeah. We, you were yeah. getting really garbled and I couldn't hear you. So I wanted to okay. make sure you knew about it. Well, thank you.
1: Um, but anyhow, so uh, I don't know if I'm going to go over all that again.
0: You were saying that there was going to be a costume party type thing. and
1: Yeah. Okay. Basically what it is is the show starts out uh, where someone has been murdered and they're building to trying to figure out who was murdered. But it's not a police crime procedural show. That's the backstory. story. Um, the, the front story is these uh, five kids and their parents and how they interact with the community, each other in the community, and um, they're all rich people basically. And then there's the one outsider and her kid that's come to town to this prep, preppy little preschool, uh, you know, kindergarten, whatever, first grade, and everyone has their like uh, behind closed doors story that no one else knows about. Like once being abused, horribly abused. Her husband is definitely a big old piece of crap. Um, and then there's the issue with the exes with this with this woman. And uh, her ex-husband now live in the same town. They both have kids that are the same age and are going to
0: this school together. But are they kids from the same parents or different parents?
1: No, no, no. They had a kid together who's like a teenager, like 15. And now they both have like six-year-olds. And they just, they're just living in the same town. But see, Reese Witherspoon's character is having a very hard time dealing with this because he sees, she sees how he is with his new daughter. And how he wasn't with their daughter. Oh. And, it, and it pisses her off. Gotcha. And she's just a very ag- – and everyone is very like angry and, and confrontational with each other. And then the ultimate backside story is that the new girl that's in town, the Jane Chapman girl who's friends with Reese Witherspoon's character, um, essentially we find out that she has a kid named Ziggy and we don't know who his dad is because something terrible happened to
0: her. I should and, say something terrible happened to her if she named her kid Ziggy. You know, Ziggy Stardust. She's a big Bowie fan. Ah.
1: Um, but then, like, you know, the this, this show also has the really petty one-upmanship thing, like, I'm this rich person who's going to throw a daughter, uh, party for my daughter, but I'm not inviting your daughter. So, oh, okay, then, well, I'm going to invite everyone that you invited to your daughter's birthday party and buy them tickets to go see you know, Beauty and the Beast on, or Frozen on Ice. And it's the same day and time as your party. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? There's that going on as well. So,
0: Pitty.
1: yeah, there's yeah. And they're saying, but, you know, honestly, it's a, it's a good show and I enjoy it, but they're setting it up. So, like right now, there is no clear cut person as to who's been killed. It literally could be one of 10 different characters. Okay. And, so, and it's a David E. Kelly thing, so you know it's actually written really well. Gotcha. It's written, created and written by David E. Kelly. Yep. Based on a novel. And so you know it's written and and done really well. And the story, is, it's a really good story. It's really tied together well. So uh, check it out. I, I say check it out.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't watch Taken this week.
0: Okay. So we don't know uh, who the, got Taken? I
1: don't know who got Taken. Uh, No Gotham, Supergirl, no Supergirl. Nope. I did watch APB.
0: (laughs) I put in a note here. Somebody at that show obviously listens to our podcast because this week they did not have the overly long intro. They did just what we said and just cut it down to the little and that was it. Yeah, I hated that intro, so I noticed that straighter. I was like, "Yeah!" (laughs) yeah, we said that last week and then they came on this week and they're like, here you go, guys.
1: There we go. So thank you very much. That's right. Um, I wasn't a big fan of this episode. It was kind of like a, uh, you know, Gideon's dad, who is a also oh, apparently yeah. very smart and uh, a bad gambler and owes people money. But it's he's he's a My dad man. owes people money, and I'm rich, so, you know, he's going to come mooch off me storyline.
0: Yes. We've seen this storyline a million times yeah. in a million different yeah. shows, you know? And
1: everybody else is like, oh, come on, cut your dad some slack, and he's like – you don't know who he
0: is, I do. You know it's that it's that whole that whole bit. Yep. And you so. know exactly how it's going to play out beat by beat yeah. because that's oh, what yeah. happens in this yeah. storyline.
1: I mean, if he would have gotten killed, then that would have been like, "Oh shit, okay, I didn't see that coming, but it happened exactly like you think it's going to happen." Yep. the Whole storyline. So,
0: It's a con, within a con, within a con, and by the end, he runs away, and, I mean, literally to the point where at the end, he's sitting on a beach, drinking a tropical drink, you know, calling his son to bask in the fact that he beat him. I mean, it, it literally doesn't get any more cliche than this. Oh, it's tremendous.
1: Yeah, it's a tremendous backhanded comment of like, oh, I'm so proud of you, and I loved you, but you knew I was gonna take your money, so it's okay.
0: That's right. I'm just you know what I mean? smarter than you. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's the justifiable, like, well, <laughs> you knew this was going to happen, right? Yep. So it's okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. Not a great episode.
1: No, not at all. Um, uh, let's talk about Flash. You want to talk about Flash? Let's talk about Flash. Let it, let it, let's, let's talk, talk about, about Flash, Flash baby. baby. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we both went with that one, huh? Yeah. Um. So my first note after watching the episode or during the episode is, wow, so Barry's becoming Oliver, full of self-loathing and self-blame. Great. Not as Uh,
0: bad as Oliver, but yeah, he definitely has that going for him now, it seems. Yeah.
1: Well, it didn't last long. I mean, like, it it was really heavy and thick in the first, like, few minutes. Mm -hmm. And then it did sort of kind of like, all right, let's even this out.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm a fan of the Speed Force as a character. Even, Me too. Even when it, you know, comes through as some of the actors in some of the other roles, you know, it was great seeing Eddie back for a few seconds as, you oh. know, the Speed Force.
1: Yes, it was cool. You know, Eddie Thawne. Um,
0: Robbie. <laughs>
1: Robbie. Uh, Captain Cold. Yep. I mean, yeah, it was really cool seeing all those characters come back, even for, you know, uh, cameo type. Yep. Possession appearance, if you will. So that was kind of neat. Um, Oh, sorry. I want to kick back a little bit. The whole tethering and monitoring thing, that was done once again with way too easy. I mean, like the amount of genius that Cisco (laughs) possesses when it comes to like, oh, let's see here. We've never heard of alternate universes before. Now we know about him, and he's mastered them, Yeah, like, quickly. Like, there was no trial and error. No. Like, there was no testing phase. There was no, like, well, maybe this is going to work. I mean, like.
0: Which if- we, we have had on the show before. I mean, remember when yes. he first got his power? He wasn't sure how to vibe. He had to work up to being able to vibe stuff, yep. uh, tried different things, got the glasses, had to tweak them. Even, like, the crossover episode, he punched a hole in, like, a dozen different Earths before he found Supergirls exactly so exactly. you're right it would have been nice if they could have given us a little bit more you know maybe bring this up earlier in the season so that by this episode they could have perfected it but yep oh well so you know Barry goes into the speed force
1: she's got to find Wally um we get some good backstory from the speed force cuz yeah i think this is the first time they prevent they prevented they presented the feed the speed force as a character
0: uh, no, when he went in it the first time, remember we saw like his mom and his dad and
1: Oh, that's right. You know, I completely forgot about that. And he didn't
0: have but speed, he- and he had to get his speed. and
1: That's right. And they gave him his speed. Like, I remember like, okay, yeah, I know he got his speed back from going into the speed force. I didn't, I forgot that they, <coughs> okay, that they did this before. I thought I was watching something new and I was like, oh, well, this is really neat. Um, it is still neat in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So when Jay Garrick showed up, did you think he was another operation of the Speed Force? My immediately thought was like, oh, he's going to take Wally's place because someone's got to. Yep, Wally that's had to take well. Savitar's place. Someone's got to take Wally's place. We yep. know we thought it was going to be Barry. But when Jay showed up, I was like, oh, it's going to be Jay. Yep. Because he is a secondary <laughs> character that's not as important. Right. And he's had a good run, so to speak. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Clever. I did not see, though, Jesse Quick saying she was going to Earth-3 because they don't have their Flash
0: anymore. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. Like, now we're getting to the point where they're treating alternate Earths as just, like, the next town over. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. (coughs) You know, because she's (laughs) she's like, well, now I've got to go to Earth 3. I moved here from Earth 2 to Earth 1 because I wanted to be here for a boy. But now that that boy turns out to be all mopey and stuff, I'm going to move to Earth 3 and fulfill the role there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that aspect of it. I think that this Um, is the reason that uh, HR's Earth has banned interdimensional travel because of stuff like this.
1: Yeah. um, And let's not forget. The, the fact that uh, Barry's an idiot. Um, quite often, yeah. Uh, Iris is all ready to forgive and forget and say, hey, you know what? I know why you did this, but I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it. Instead Barry goes Uh it was for all the wrong reasons and I think I think we need some space. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What that makes no sense whatsoever. I mean that is that is be all that's that's even worse than Oliver. Like, worse than something Oliver would do, I think. It is.
0: It was just dumb. It and was dumb. I got to say, I got a different feeling than Barry did from the Speed Force. Because the Speed Force was, you know, it always tries to teach him. It always talks to him. and yeah. This time, it was talking to him about how he had ruined people's lives um, <clears throat> when he became selfish and created Flashpoint, you know, changed the past. Created Flashpoint and he ruined people's lives and you know it's telling him basically that you think that you've you know ruined everybody's lives but you've actually inspired so many people you know these people who died don't let their deaths be in vain because of that and so Barry's like the lesson that he got out of all of it was oh I shouldn't have Wally try to save Iris it's my responsibility I've got to save her right.
1: But I think he got that, but also he got, oh, and I need to break up with her.
0: Well, I got the impression that the Speed Force was saying, stop messing with time. Oh, yeah. You, you screwed with the past, you screwed, you have tried to save people, just let them be who they are. Their destinies are their destinies. Stop yeah. trying to change things. He's like, fine, I'll change the future instead of having Wally change the future. And I got that the Speed Force would have been more oh. like, stop changing stuff. Okay, yeah, all right, I get where you're going now. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> and I don't know if that's how it's going to turn out later. You know, yep. like when we get closer to the finale, is the Speed Force going to be like, "Told you so," but you didn't listen? It seems like a more pertinent lesson than, you know, oh, you've inspired all these people to sacrifice themselves, so yep. you're a good person.
1: So, did you find it odd that they had, uh, like, Jesse Quick confronted Savitar, used that uh, that piece to stab him, like between the armor and his neck area? And it clearly injured him mm-hmm. and then he, he fled and then nobody talked about that again until the very end of the episode when she's already gone off to Earth 3 and HR I was like, oh, hey, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Now that
0: she's gone and now that we're all kind of back together, guess what we found out? And um, she's literally the only person who has ever done any semblance of damage yeah. to him. So and she didn't say anything. She like you would think that I'd be like, dudes, listen to
1: this. Right. Doesn't come up in conversation.
0: No. Um, no. I mean, we had, we learned a lot in this episode. We learned that yeah. his armor is not him, that it's actually yep. there's somebody inside it's, the armor. It's armor, yep. And that the armor not a is god. kind of like He's a, a living metal that seeks itself out, you know, because that one piece was trying to get back to the rest of the armor. Yep. So it, it's got some kind of either consciousness or nanomaterial or something. That wants to be with its own kind you know the, and he can be hurt by it so it protects him but it can also hurt him so th- there was a lot of knowledge bombs dropped this episode and yet we ended on the note of Barry saying mm, we should take some time apart yeah
1: so a uh, theory yeah and this is not my own theory this is something I, I read and was told and whatnot but uh, The theory is, or the thought process, is that HR is actually or will become Savitar.
0: Oh, I can't see that.
1: And this is the only reason why they're hanging their hat on this one, because both HR and Savitar call Wally Wallace, and they're the only ones that do. That's it? Yep.
0: His name is Wallace.
1: I understand that. But I'm just saying – so I just throwing that out there. Something okay. I was told and read. Nice. I'm not saying I'm. I'm,
0: got my, I'm not saying I'm giving it my backing. I, I'm definitely. I just- My wallet is firmly in my pocket. I am not lying. (laughs) Um, They did say they're now swirling around stuff about this, and they said that um, they're doing a build-up to the reveal of who Savitar is. But they said this is something that you're not going to see coming. They said – and not as in like, oh, it's going to surprise you, more as in like we have dropped zero hints. We have dropped zero knowledge about this. This is not going to be something that you could have figured out by now. So – well, we'll it could what, what just be happens. a completely different person
1: you know it was it was funny the other day my son goes hey you watch Flash right? I'm like yeah I watch Flash. He's like is that a good show? I'm like yeah it's, it's a real good show I like it he goes my friends watch Flash I'm like oh okay cool and I'm sitting there and he's not saying anything and I just go oh duh and I go Kanan do you, you want to watch Flash? well I, I'd like to. Like, okay you can <laughs> really? Yeah of course you can. You can watch any of the uh, superhero shows on the CW. That's fine. Supergirl flash legends of tomorrow. So that's fine. You can watch all those. I didn't say arrow. I just didn't say it. No other particular reason. He goes, Oh, okay, cool. Um, dad, I go, what? And he goes, what about uh, arrow? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, I don't care if you watch arrow. Oh, good. Cause like green arrow is my favorite comic book character. Oh, I'm like, Oh, that's too bad, son. And he's like, why not? Green arrow is cool. I'm like, Okay, you're 11. I'll let that go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's just, then it dawned, and I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, of course you can watch those shows. I was like, when I was your age, I actually watched The Flash. Granted, it was a different version, but, you know, I was watching Flash, Lois and Clark. I mean, even the old Adventures of Superman show, the old Batman series and whatnot. And then, like, it dawned on me. It's like, man, he's, he's watching adult shows now because I'm so used to him watching, like, cartoons and then like the teen drama things on disney and now he's like jumped and progressed so
0: well he's up in the double for- digits sir i know i know
1: i know i'm, I'm an old man now but no I'm, I'm looking forward to when he uh when he once he gets kind of you know his foot feet underneath him with the series and he starts asking me about him so
0: excellent i don't know um yeah uh, on a positive note Along those sure. lines. Uh, they did announce today at one of the cons that they're doing or whatever that season four of The Flash will not have a speedster as the main villain. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Remember how we've that's talked good. about that a few times on the podcast? They it, must yeah. have been listening. Yeah. Because – Yep, they said they're not gonna. They haven't made any plans yet, but they're gonna shake things up and not have the main villain be a speedster this time.
1: Well, it's like, yeah, I mean, I understand it's the Flash, and, it, and you know, and it definitely involves the Speed Force heavily. But like, there's a lot of speedsters on this show. There's a lot of you know, bad guy speedsters, good guy speedsters, and everything else. And then same thing. We go over to Arrow. Everyone seems to shoot arrows at each other and wear <laughs> leather, you know, hooded costumes, if
0: you will. You go to Legends, and everyone's just an idiot. So, you know, they're all working with half a deck anyway. Speaking of legends, uh, uh, they
1: had another Rory opening this week, and I must say, I truly enjoy them. Yeah, I, I like do the, too. That's the best part of this show, is <laughs> when you have a Rory opening, talking about how they're all idiots. Yep. <laughs>
0: um,
1: this week's episode, I actually
0: enjoyed it. Um, it was different from their normal episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean... You've noticed the budget must not be as big on this show. See how they <laughs> hardly have the whole Legion together. Like each episode seems yeah. to be one of them. Um, but basically they're, they're in 1970. It's the Apollo 13 mishap, but there's no mishap because Eobard Thawne has replaced one of the astronauts because uh, Hank's piece of the Spear of Destiny, sorry, Henry's piece of the Spear of Destiny is uh, is on the moon. Um.
0: I, I really liked it. I thought it was a good episode. It was much better than what I've been accustomed to with them. Yeah. Um, there was a lot less punchy-punchy and a lot more thinking. Yes. yes. Um, there was the, – the heartfelt moments were more heartfelt. Yep. You know, Eobard bonding with uh, Ray. Yeah. Oh, my God. The bit where
1: Ray is doing like the uh, the Matt Damon, the Martian gimmick, talking into the microphone, yes. like, talking to the camera about, oh, my rations and this and that. And then what are you doing? And he <laughs> leans back and you see Thor like tied up sitting on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or what do you go, he goes? He uh, goes, punch, the lowest form of humor. Yes. Yeah, I actually – I really enjoyed this episode. It was one of my favorites of the season, even with the whole – the rip drama of feeling out of place because he's not the captain anymore. He's not the leader anymore. As a matter of fact, they became a team when he wasn't around.
0: Right. He basically Um, had to go away for them to cohesively bond.
1: But honestly, it was him being – going away that made them bond together
0: to get him back.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the catalyst of it all. Yep.
0: He he was there Um,
1: in spirit. Yes, yes. But uh, Henry
0: Henry sacrificed himself pretty damn quick on this, huh? He did, but honestly, it was one of the most believable sacrifices I think the show could have done. Yes, it was. I love when they were like trying to figure out the re-entry angle, and yeah. Ray goes in there and thaws just like 38 degrees. And he's like, what do you, 38 degrees, you need to know the angle that we need to re-enter the atmosphere so we don't burn up, 38 degrees. How do I know you're telling uh, the truth? Because I'm from the 22nd century, I learned astrophysics in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. to live through this too. <laughs>
1: yes, and that was the thing too. It was like, untie me, I'll help you. We'll make a truce. I want to survive this. And then you almost feel like when Thawne is explaining his story, as brief as it was to Ray, you see Ray feels bad for him.
0: Yeah. It you is know, a bit of a tragic story. You know, if it was any other person than a mass murderer type guy. Oh, yeah. He's a sociopath. Absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, you would feel bad knowing that he's basically running away from being wiped out of existence.
1: Yep. Uh, but, you know, Ray help his held up his end of the bargain. Yep. They helped each other. They made it safely back down. They're all alive. He didn't turn on him in midstream or whatever. And so
0: you can go. I like how uh, Thawne also said, he's like, yeah, the funny thing about uh, Rip's anti-Speedster weapons, I made them. It's like, oh, oh yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, was. Uh, you know, the more we talk about it, the more I'm feeling like it was the best episode of the season.
0: Yeah. Not to say that this was like Emmy Award winning or anything. It still had oh. many faults, but oh, yeah. it was definitely a nice departure from the usual schlock that show churns yeah.
1: out. It- Agreed.
0: Yep. Agreed. Is there anything else you want to cover on it? No, not really. I think that about covers
1: it. Pretty much. Well they did get the final piece of the spear. Yep. And uh, we saw well, we didn't see him, but we saw you know, Black Flash was obviously the guy coming for him, but we saw and I forgot to make. we saw Black Flash in the Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um Yeah. Cool. Cool cool cool. You want to talk about Arrow or do you want to talk about This Is Us? Do I mean, we want to keep that superhero theme going? We might as well do –
0: superhero is very
1: liberal. Let's just get Arrow out of the way. Yeah. Okay. So my first note on Arrow, and this is all I'm going to say and I'm going to let you take it away after that. Okay. In the in the bar shootout, the muzzle flashes on the guns were ridiculously over <laughs> the top. Yeah, they were. I mean, I mean that was just like – What? I mean no. No, no, no. That is 100% highly inaccurate. Oh, yeah. Anyways.
0: So we've been building all this season off and on. The the weirdest build I've seen in a while because it was like for several episodes – it was all about the throwing star killers slash Prometheus and him wreaking havoc on the city and murdering people and, you know, besting Oliver and and setting it up so that Oliver killed Felicity's boyfriend. And, you know, there's all this. And then he'd disappear and we'd have episodes that had nothing to do with him. We didn't even mention him. You know, we're still getting flashbacks to Russia. We've got all these political scandals and, you know, gun rights activist episodes and, you forget that, you know, every now and then they throw out the word Prometheus just to kind of remind you that, uh, by the way, there is a big bad guy. We, we haven't forgotten. We'll get back to him eventually. So they've been building and building and, and making us all wonder who's Prometheus. And then last week they kind of dropped the bombshell that it was the DA, and we all went, oh, okay. And then this week they didn't waste any time. He just, like, basically came out and said, yep, you all know it's me. ha and began the more insidious part of his plan. I think. I, I think this version of Prometheus is better than the guy who was running around and shooting people and using ninja stars and wearing a black hood and killing Tobias Church. This is the guy who's walking right up to them and looking them in the eye and saying, the Green Arrow murdered my wife, when we all know he's the one that stabbed the knife into his wife's gut and twisted and killed her. Just because he didn't want her to be leverage. This guy is sick and twisted, and I like him as a villain so much better <laughs> than I ever liked him as Prometheus slash the man in the Black Hood.
1: Well, okay, but they did do that one thing that I do hate the most. Which is? Which is um, flashbacks? once Flashbacks? Re- no, no, yeah. But once they revealed who the bad guy was, or once they revealed who the killer was, all of a sudden now, like, that character just... You know what I mean? Like, you see him on the show, and he acts normal, and there's no suspicions, like, there's no huge suspicions or whatever, like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that guy's cool. Right. You know, it's like he, and then all of a sudden, once he doesn't have to, like, once everyone once. It's known who it is. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's just known to us, all of a sudden, oh, now he's. They start showing that he's doing crazy things or acting odd, or
0: you know what I mean. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. in other words, they they make it over the top apparent to us. Yes, they, they can't let it be subtle. They're like, you know, you have to see. This is the bad guy.
1: Yeah, right, just shy yeah.
0: of putting an arrow on the screen that says bad guy here.
1: Yeah, with a, a flashing light. Yeah, every time he pops on the screen. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, and I just that always like I'm not gonna say it bothers me. It always just like oh come on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you yep. know it's like like it's like you, you, the character is one way through the whole sh- through like this guy Adrian has been the way he's been for like ten episodes yeah or whatever it is and now all of a sudden boom oh by the way he's the bad guy stalking Oliver and now boom he's just a over the top sociopathic friggin murderer who and it's like, they're beating you over the head with it. I mean, to the point where he stabs his own wife and kills her, you know, and, and and everything else, and, like you said, walks right up to people. Now, I'm not saying I don't like this character. It's just, they built him as a certain way, and then they go, oh, by the way, he's the bad guy, so now he's completely flip-flopped to something else.
0: But I think if you look at who he was as Prometheus, you know, like... Like I was saying earlier, they set it up in the season where he dressed up Felicity's boyfriend, duct taped him. He pulled a joker, essentially, you know, duct taped his mouth shut, duct taped his hands down, dressed him up to look like him so that Oliver would shoot and kill him. Right. And, which I understand, but
1: that was the bad guy. But we didn't know it was him. Like anytime we saw him as Adrian, the prosecutor, yep. he didn't have any issues. It's like. If someone was really as sociopathic as he was or is really just as crazy as he is, he wouldn't be able to maintain. he wouldn't reel it in all the time. And then all of a sudden be like, oh, I don't have to anymore.
0: Okay, I see what you're saying.
1: See what I mean? You know, it's like – like like with the Joker in Batman, Okay, He's always the same no matter what. Even when he's pretending to be a good guy and we don't know it's him – You can still go look at that guy, go, there's something wrong with that guy. You know what I mean? And then we reveal it's the Joker. It's like, oh, that's why it's the Joker. He is friggin' crazy as crap. But no, with Adrian, he's been like straight laced by your side, top DA, you know, great guy, family man, always there to help out on and on and on. And then, oh, by the way, he's the bad guy. So now he's in your face, you know, completely just, yeah. I, my I'm, words are failing me as I'm trying to explain this, I
0: realize. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I yeah. don't completely agree. Just because, And that's fine. You know, the, the character, he was playing two characters. He was playing the DA and he was playing Prometheus. And when the mask came off and they saw that they were both the same, he is now acting more like Prometheus than the DA.
1: Right, but he was acting more like Prometheus than the DA before it was revealed to Oliver who he was. It's like we the, we, the, we, the viewers, knew who he was. So now his character is going to act all edgy and this and that and make people kind of look at him funny. And then once he reveals that to Oliver and company who he is, that he's the bad guy, then he's even more over the top. Right. you see what I mean? Like, And that's fine. I, I think I successfully managed to say what I wanted to say now. but <laughs> Okay. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, Rude's big uh, hang up on this is that in the comic books – uh according to him i don't know while, but but adrian was the uh, uh, vigilante okay you know the guy that the throwing star killer mm-hmm. attacks because yeah. he's you know you know that that's who adrian was in the comics he wasn't prometheus or whatever gotcha. so yeah anyways
0: sorry 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 move on no 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 it, it i I liked the turn. You didn't like the turn as much. It's good, you know, that we have different viewpoints of this. I, With these shows, I can't go to the comics as often. I know we still do throw it out, you know, well, in the comics, this. But it's usually more of like a trivia thing than a I take issue with this because in the comics it was like this. Because I think at this point we would be buried up to our necks in things that are different from the comics to these shows. Yeah. I mean, there's just so- Oh many.
1: yeah, no, 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 you definitely can't try to say, they're not following. Not at
0: all. No. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of the fact that, you know, now Oliver knows that Talia is Talia Al Ghul. That's great, but I- I'm not a fan of the fact that the two of them are working together just because she found out, oh, you killed my father. Well, you were obviously estranged from your father's life and, right. you know, n- what about Nisso? Why haven't you gone after Nyssa? Because she was certainly helpful in killing your father and overthrowing him and taking over the place and turning it over to Malcolm. You know Why are you going after Oliver?
1: Oh, and don't forget, it's not like he just walked up and murdered him. I mean, he challenged him to a fight, essentially. Yep. Lost the first one, won the second one. Yeah. So, I mean, by the
0: rules of the League of Assassins, it was a fair fight. And if we remember correctly... (laughs) Wasn't it Malcolm that actually killed him? Yes, actually it was. And so that he could take over because Oliver was like, I don't want to take over. I don't care about this. Yep. So the, the – Yeah, it's weak sauce. Weak. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's weak sauce. Okay.
0: So that was Arrow. And yeah. Let's move off from and Arrow. this is us. You know, it's the season finale. Well, we've got two episodes to cover because remember I didn't watch the other one until this week.
1: Oh, okay. All right. The, so the
0: funeral. The funeral. yes. So what did you think of the funeral? Uh we're not mispronouncing that folks, we haven't watched. Um basically William said he, he left a letter to the Randall's daughters and said Your grown ups always make uh funerals very boring and sad and somber and I don't want that. I want it to be fun, so I want you girls to take over planning it. So they made a funeral. Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was a great heartfelt episode. It gave his wife a little bit of a moment in the spotlight where she was like, everyone got some way of saying goodbye to him. Yes. And she didn't. Yep. Even the mailman,
1: you know yeah. what I mean? It was like, Hey, how, how, how's he doing? I haven't seen him. You know, used to talk on my route when I'd see him walking in the morning and, and this and that and everything. And, and that really made, you know, Randall be like, Oh, wow. he <laughs> And I don't even know what your name is, yet my dad knew who you were and you were concerned about him.
0: Yeah, you knew that he wanted to go to Memphis and you knew this about him. I wasn't sure where they were going with the pears at first until the the end when he walked in. Yeah, He's like, I'm allergic (laughs) to pears. The first day that we met and we had lunch together, I had that salad and I went in anaphylactic shock. You know that I'm allergic to pears, yet you sent me a box of pears. Yeah,
1: that was well done. I I, I got to go in the office. I got to do something. And I go, he's going to quit his job. Yeah. And he did. Yeah.
0: And he he went out well. But I also felt like that was a really good thing to do. You know, that was honoring his dad. But then when he walks up to his wife, and he's like, I want to adopt a baby. I was like, oh, no, now we're getting into like oh, midlife yeah. crisis kind of zone.
1: That was the end of the season finale. Oh, was it? That was the season finale. Yeah.
0: I thought it was after he quit his job. He went home and told her that.
1: Nope. Oh, okay. that was in the season finale, because and the season finale. What well,
0: we'll get to, it, but that was in the season finale. Okay. Actually, yeah. okay. Uh, other than that, I liked the funeral. I, I liked. Yep. Um, I'm I'm getting a little ticked off at the whole Toby Kate thing. You know, like everybody says, Toby is a genuine good guy. Well, and that's the thing that Randall says to her. It says to
1: Kate when she yeah. runs outside because she can't handle it, and and she thinks it's Toby, and it's no, it's
0: Randall. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you have an amazingly good guy in there that maybe you should open up to. And yes. Toby keeps saying, you know, why don't you open up to me? Why don't you talk about this? It's obviously causing you problems. We're going to be living our lives together. Blah, blah, blah. And yep. she she doesn't just like, oh, I'm not ready. She like gets mean about it. Yes, she does. And they get into that more in the next episode. But is it just me or did she not? Give him the answer, and she did not follow through on that because no, she didn't. She said, "I I know I told you that I
1: would, but I can't. I just can't right now." Yeah, and he once
0: again was like, "Okay, okay, yeah." He definitely looked pissed when they were like each packing up their own stuff to head back out yes. to the east coast, or because he's coast.
1: finally like, "So, uh, we're
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we gonna
1: talk about the thing you said we're gonna talk about." Yeah. Um the funeral episode I uh w- w- one of the things I liked about it was like you know they all the girls got they all got the fedora hats for everyone to wear. <laughs> yes you know uh and they went for their walk and, and Randall had made up to wear with his yes yes and uh, Randall made up with his mom essentially yeah I I mean there was still a bit of tension there but yeah, yeah. and then we get Kevin's play in the funeral episode yep and it was, he did a fantastic job. And he, it was, you know, everyone loved it on and on and on. And then he's with Sophie and he's so happy and just great to, you know, be where he is. And then he gets a call from legit Ron Howard. <laughs> like, really? They cast like, him and no, put him on the show. Like, not even like it's just a voice on the phone. They cut to Ron Howard sitting in like his home office or whatever. Yep. You know, I got this movie and this part. It'd be great. He shoots in LA for three months, on and on and on. And it's like, oh, Kevin's going to choose his career over Sophie after all. Yep. And he's obviously, after one production of the play or one showing, he's all done with that apparently, which
0: is ridiculous because those things it's, go on for weeks. Lea- I mean, they, he would at least have like a couple week run of yep. doing that play, and that's not know? just like once a week. That's usually like multiple every evenings. day, by Sunday. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, maybe blackouts a Monday, but whatever. Monday's a blackout day where they don't do it. But anyways, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was uh. Oh, you know what though actually I'm gonna correct myself because I didn't I, I watched last week's episode you know two weeks ago now almost as we're recording this. But when they're in the hotel room, she does start to cry and tell Toby um, that it's why it's so fault. hard for me to talk about it It's because it's my fault. yes. and then we clap to back in time and essentially what it is is Jack's mad that Rebecca's going on the road she's going on the road anyways and yep. he finds out that the, the, the guy in the bands her ex-boyfriend and that bothers him now he, didn't, he bothered him before but now he knows that it's really bothering him yes and then basically she leaves angry yep and he goes out and drinks and then his daughter's like hey you know it's only two hours away why aren't you going and then essentially he calls her on the phone and be like you're right honey you know blah 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 and then he heads out. And he drives off, and it's yep. implied that he's drunk, that he's you know drunk, and he's going to be driving two hours. And so, my, my my mind is like, oh, he must have died in a car crash from drunk driving. But no, no, that didn't happen either.
0: And apparently, a lot of people are pissed, and I'm pissed. I I kind of laugh at it because yeah. they're telling a story, and yeah. these people are pissed because they feel that they were owed a death. Well, no, he it's not – They wanted to see his death. Well, this is what they're saying online. They wanted to see his death this season. They felt that by the end of this season you know, with everything that was going on, that this is what they were building for. They had their tissues ready. They were ready to feel the feels. Yeah. And then it didn't happen at all. Well,
1: and I, and my issue with it is more on the lines of like what pisses me off, what annoys me is like I love the show. Yep. I I really, truly love the show. I hate drama, but I love the show. I love the interactions with everyone. I enjoy the flashbacks. They're done right. But I don't want it to become Arrow and be like, we're flashing back too much. Right. And, okay, so, all right, in in the final episode, essentially just skipping to the end, I guess, or I don't know, he goes to Cleveland, shows up. He's drunk. Uh, The guy in the bar – Proceeds to drink more. Proceeds to drink more. Um, you know uh, Ben Rebecca's ex tries to kiss her and she's like what are you doing and she's 100% faithful so she goes off to call Jack and say I love you you were right this guy's a creep and then this you know, was after Jack's- he
0: was also 100% faithful because that girl who worked yes. with him was like putting her hand on his leg she was like things are rough and I can tell and he's like back yeah. off bitch yeah don't embarrass you're embarrassing
1: yourself and yeah. you're embarrassing me and he storms out yep so yeah, I mean they're they're both you know top notch people, but then Jack has a little bit too much to drink. He drinks beer all the way there while he's driving there. He gets there, he pounds a bunch of hard liquor and beer inside. Then he goes to find Rebecca, and then Ben's like, I don't know what she told you, and so Jack just starts kicking the crap out of him. Yep. And then Rebecca drives him home, <clears throat> and then they have a big ripping and screaming and fight.
0: It, and then one of those fights where they're both yelling, and you like I couldn't understand what each one of them was saying, so I know they yeah. couldn't. Exactly. And then he
1: sleeps on the couch. She goes upstairs. She comes down the next day and he does a uh, an impassioned, I love you speech. And then she's like, I think you need to go to Miguel's. Oh, no, no. She says, I think you need to go to Miguel's. I think we need, to, need some space. And he goes, OK. And then what are we going to tell the kids? We'll tell them the truth. And then he gives an impassioned, I love you speech. And then. He heads out the door, and that's how the series, that's how the season ends, essentially on that from that part of the story. Right. So this is where I'm annoyed with it because, you know, the, the premise, not the, the one of the big premises of the story is Jack, their dad, and how he died, and they've been building towards that. And then it's like they're they're teasing you with the carrot, and then at the last minute they pull the carrot away and go, "Oh no, you don't get to have this now." Logically, it makes sense to give that to us now because you ended with, you know, Kate crying, saying it's my fault that he died, but yet there's so much more story we don't know. So when someone's asking, "Well, how did your dad die?" Unless you're, you know, "How I Met Your Mother," you don't go back. Well, it all started when I told my dad to go see my mom, and then they got into a fight, and then he moved into McGill's, and on and on. No, it's that how is that her fault like there's no fault of hers now in his death that you know but, of that well that we know but from what they've implied to us and so i just i'm going to be annoyed if they dragged the second season out a full second season of teasing us about how dad's death affected all their lives but you know what i mean like it's like I don't want them to drag it out too long. That's why I'm pissed, because I don't want the show to get ruined by having the excessive flashbacks, by dragging the story out too long. And is it more impactful to have us see his death in the season finale as opposed to, like, season episode two of season two? Like, I think it means less
0: than. Well, um, I don't know. Allow, allow me to counterpoint there. Please do. Um, so first off, we just had a massive death. You know, we just had the death of William. And this was Randall's biological father, you know, even his mom, that when they made up in the street, you know, she was like, wow, you know, this is – look at how he touched all these people's lives and, you know, basically was saying, I kept him from you. And you could have had so many more years of him touching your life like this and, you know, she feels really bad about it, etc. So we just had a massive upset and – If we then piggybacked right into Jack's death, I think it would have cheapened everything for William. You know, it would have been, okay, this episode, uh, this season was like, you know, okay, yep, some stuff happened, but this is what we got out of it. Let's see what the big mystery will be next season. And I don't want it to be a big mystery every season. I want it to be the story that they're telling, which is, this is us, not this is the story of his death. So, I would be fine if they stuck it in the second or third episode of the next season, you know, or midway through or whatever. I feel that it is a very poignant point in their life. It is something that obviously affected all these kids in their own way, you know, some more than others. Um, as far as it not being her fault, I could totally see it being her fault because it's a trace back kind of thing. You know, the, she convinced him to go down there. If she hadn't done that, he wouldn't have gone down there. He wouldn't have picked a fight with this guy. He wouldn't have gotten drunk. They wouldn't have had their fight and she wouldn't have kicked him out to go live with Miguel. And things might have been completely different, but now because of that, whatever they're going to show us later, XYZ happened, and this is where we came to. I can't believe that a story, a show that is this well written up until this point, would cheap out and be like, um, uh, it's really her fault because, um, you know, stay with us because we're trying to get around to it. It's, it, it can't be that far off, but it's also going to be incredibly on the spot. I think that when it's all said and done, you're going to look at it and go, I can see where a child, especially a teenage child, would draw that conclusion, A to B to C, and say that, you know, ultimately I feel that I set this in motion. Not necessarily the simple one that we were all thinking it would be, which is I told him to go down there, he drank, he died. But a more convoluted roundabout kind. I don't even want to say convoluted because I don't think it's going to be convoluted. It's going to be a series of events that were set in motion because of that night, him going down there, getting drunk, uh, picking the fight with a guy, them getting in a huge fight. And then the next day her saying, get out. That's my thoughts on this. So I don't feel that the, that each season is going to be teasing us with when it happened. I think that a, a, They were trying to honor what happened with William and saying, you know, let's let this death be a a profound moment of this season and let it have its weight. And then B, saying that, you know, this wasn't the point of the whole season. Yes, it's a big thing that is happening in this world, and it's a big thing that we've all been waiting for, but it is not the be-all, end-all. You know, this is not the story we're trying to tell. We're not trying to tell the story of how he died or when he died. We're trying to tell the story of these people.
1: Right, but their story is all centered around the death of their dad because every single episode, his death and how it affects them is brought up. So it is completely about the death of their dad. It's not every single episode that they talk every about. Every episode no, it is comes on Yes, it is. Every it is episode not, they talk about his death. One of them I does. I deny you. Oh, it, it does. I mean, go back and watch them all again. Every episode, it's a, it's a factor of every episode him dying, and and this is where I, I disagree with the whole William thing. Yes, William died, and it was horrible, and it was sad, and it was very emotional. But he was an old man who had cancer, and lived a good life, and got to reconcile with his son at the end, and meet his grandchildren, and he died, and it was ups, and it was, it was sad, but it wasn't it wasn't tragic. Jack, on the other hand, is a man who's in his mid-40s that's tragically cut down in the middle of his life while his kids are teenagers, and this is how it affected their lives. This is how it affected their lives going forward, how they grew up, the adults they became, the people they they became, and how it continues to affect their lives. So, yeah, I think the whole show This Is Us is based about This Is Us when our dad died and how it affected us.
0: I I, I respect your opinion, and and you're certainly welcome to it, but I cannot – back it up for you. I'm sorry. That's fine. We'll, we'll have to You're diverge have to. on this one. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> all in all, are you uh, still happy that the show's coming back for two more seasons?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm glad. I mean, I really like this show. I really like the characters. I'm looking forward we to seeing it. Just, I have fear of how much we liked Arrow the first season and then the, how the flashbacks killed it. Because the flashbacks were good the first season, but the more we kept going the worse they became. And I feel like the flashbacks are a finite amount of time and you can't go five seasons of flashbacks like Arrow did. You know what I mean? Like at some point they need to stop doing the flashbacks or this is us and and just have us living in now.
0: You know what I mean? See, I could easily see them doing flash forwards as well.
1: I could see them going that other direction. I mean, why not? I actually could. But like with the flashbacks, because I feel like through this whole season, we've seen flashbacks from when the kids were born, how they got together, how they got Randall as they grew up. Like we've seen
0: them from birth to teenagers in this season. And it's like we have, but we've seen it jumped around. I mean, think about how late in the season we were introduced to Sophie. Oh, Kate's no, absolutely. Best friend, slash, it, you know, it, his crush.
1: Slash it did his jump around friend. quite a bit. Absolutely. No, it did absolutely jump around quite a bit. I just, it was done so well this first season. I don't want to see it bastardized in the second season by like, well, it worked the first time. Let's just keep doing it this way. You know what I mean? Like.
0: I, I hear you because I do know what you're talking about with Arrow and how yeah. it really became shitty. And yes, a lot of that, I think, is because they changed what it was like arrow's story was supposed to be that he was on the Island for five years yep, and training and becoming a better hunter, et cetera. They changed that starting oh, in the second season. They were like, Oh, now massively. he's been picked up by Amanda Waller and now he's yeah. in China and oh, and now, now he's, he's in, in Russia. Russia
1: and now he's back in central city and now he's you know, start whatever star city. And now he's back in Russia oh, yeah. again. And- they,
0: they essentially created, um, the flashbacks they u- they started using the flashbacks instead of a way of telling how he got to be who he is they started yeah. using them to explain each episode right. they were like oh this is why this episode was happening this way and and you know we'll give you a flashback to to let you know why i think with this is us they're actually it's more like they have written a series of books and they're interspersing from this book and this book I think that it's one long, continuous story, but they're pulling out parts of it much yeah. better than Arrow ever could. Arrow's using the flashbacks as a means to tell a story yeah. uh, in that week, and they're they're changing the flashbacks to whatever they need them to be, and This Is Us, I feel, is not doing that. I feel like they've already figured out the story back from the beginning to the end, and they're pulling out the parts that work for this week type of thing. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: No, oh, it does. It makes sense. It makes sense. So, Well, there's some impassioned <laughs> back-and-forth debate about a show for you folks. Yeah,
0: and now we have to um, wait until the fall to get any more of them.
1: I know, right? And hey, let's talk about another season finale, which I think this one will definitely agree on more, uh, Lethal Weapon.
0: Oh, my God. What a horrible show.
1: Uh, this was a really bad episode. They took like months worth of stuff and crammed it into an hour.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. This was literally one of my favorite episodes, not only of the show, but of TV this week. (laughs) Really? This episode was great.
1: (laughs) Um, we'll break it down for us then.
0: Uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin. This, it, like, you're right. They kind of brought a lot of stuff into one hour. Um, but I felt that they did it so well that it – like, I was watching the clock and I'm like, holy crap, are we still going? There's still more stuff to do because –
1: Yeah. I Actually, at one point, I did stop to see, is this like an extended episode? I'm yeah. Like, oh, no, it's not. Yep. Um. Okay. Well, okay. So Gideon, the hitman for the drug cartel. Yep. Uh, he's – Essentially arrested at the end of the last episode, and uh, Palmer tells Riggs that this is the guy that killed your wife.
0: Yeah, because she recognized her photo from a file that was his hits,
1: his greatest hits. So – Riggs wants to talk to him, but they won't let him, so Riggs does <laughs> with any, with air quotes. <laughs> Yeah. So Riggs does what any reasonable person would do. He uh, intercepts the transport convoy, gasses out the guards, doesn't actually kill them, and then rescues Gideon and then takes him
0: hostage and to question him. I'm going to stop you right there and break that down a little bit more because it wasn't just that he intercepted the convoy. He did it so that it would throw suspicion off him. But yet, still keep the police guessing as to what was going on. Like they took the time. He didn't just ram them off the road and take him and run. They actually took the time to show the steps that he did, you know, the spike strip where he shot the the glass. And then he's there helping them investigate and, and explain it. You know, oh, no, that black glass is bulletproof. He would have had to shoot over here in order to do this. The yep. gas canister. You know, if he wanted to kill the marshals, he would have killed them. But, you know, this guy left them here.
1: And so throwing, he, threw, and he didn't throw a grenade and he threw a gas canister
0: yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he didn't shoot out the side windows because he wanted to contain the gas.
0: Yeah. It, it and was, on and on and on. So. It was bu- brilliant. I was glad that they no, took that time. Absolutely. Just yes. like his getaway vehicle, you know, he burned it and scorched it, but then reattached the plates afterwards so that they would find it.
1: Yep. No, you're right. That part was good, and Murtaugh did some good policing. It yes. took him a little longer than I thought it would for him to discover uh, you know, that Murtaugh – I mean that Riggs is the guy that took him. But then they explain it when he's talking to his wife, which is like basically he was in denial. Like he didn't want to believe that he did yep. because if he believed that Riggs was capable of doing this, then this isn't the person that he knows. He doesn't want to be let down by him. Right. And then when it's just so much in front of his face, he has no choice but to accept it. Then he's like, all right, let's dig in.
0: Yep. So so then we've got Riggs actually talking to the guy. And the guy is taunting him, basically saying, you know, I am a professional torturer. You don't have the, what it takes. You're reckless. You're afraid. You're not going to torture me. I mean, look, we've been sitting here for hours and uh, my hands aren't broken. My fingers aren't broken. I've got no cuts. You know, you're an idiot. And that, of course, keeps pushing Riggs's buttons. It does. Fires him up real good. Yep. Because at first he has him in the trailer, and then Murtaugh shows up, and he does what was very awkward and weird kind of, you know, oh, don't go in there. It's really messy, trying to keep him out of the place so that, you know. And that whole bit see. was a bit weak. <laughs> it was a bit weak, yeah. Um, so then he gets the bright idea, well, I've got to move him. I'll move him up to my cabin up by the lake. And
1: no, he moved him up to not his cabin by the lake, but uh, Murtaugh's wife had rented Murtaugh and RJ a cabin. That's and what then it was. he couldn't use it. That's could, well, they it had to cancel it because of Gideon. Yes. So then Rakes took them up to the cabin that Murtaugh had rented. Yes.
0: And continues to talk to the guy, although it was kind of dumb and kind of foreshadowing how he was you know, heating up the fireplace poker and then just kind of hung it there. I mean, those things cool off pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So why would he have hung it there? But, of course, you know, Murtaugh puts two and two together and and they pinged – was it that they pinged his phone?
1: They pinged his phone, yeah, which by the way it doesn't happen that fast, which by the way, the police can't do that. Well maybe they can in LA. I don't know. I know the main state police can't do that. They have to contact the cell phone company. They have to have a subpoena and justifiable cause or reason as to why they're doing it. Then once the paperwork is filled out, then they can ping with the last tower hit off of if Murtaugh was smart I mean if Riggs was smart, he'd shut his phone off. Right? right. And they wouldn't be able to. So I there's to me like like you with the hacker stuff. Yep. You roll your eyes and go insane, which I can't wait to talk about
0: Blacklist Redemption, by the way. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> I want to stay happy right now. We're going to stay on this, okay? Uh,
1: anyways, um, that's how I feel when it comes to like uh, police procedural stuff. Gotcha. And just how ridiculous it is. <laughs> anyway, so they ping his phone and that's how Marta finds him up at the cabin.
0: Yep. And gets there pretty fast. Considering it's. they said it was a couple hours away, he got there pretty fast to uh, intercept Riggs before he was able to do any real damage to the guy. Other yeah. than, you know, smashing his hand once.
1: And then, of course, while he's outside confronting, uh, Murtaugh and Riggs are talking about what's happened. And Murtaugh's like, I can't believe you did this. Or he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. He's inside. And then guess what? He's not. He's escaped.
0: He melted the duct tape with the uh, hot iron poker and is running. And they give chase and they chase him up to a cliff. And Roger shoots him in the gut as he jumps over the cliff. And he falls down into the rapids. And we get the famous line of no one will survive, survive that. that. <laughs> Which basically means this guy's alive. Yep. And then you look at your your DVR and you go, holy crap, we're only halfway through the episode.
1: Guess who's coming back later?
0: The guy that couldn't survive the fall. Yep. Yeah. So That was very telegraphed. So then Riggs starts digging into this and realizes that, you know, this guy was a hitman, but he didn't do stuff on his own. And, yep. you know... Somebody had to put him up to it and somebody had oh. to give him – and it was the yes. – he kept following the blueberry pancakes thing because he was having yes. flashbacks of the day that she died and how they were spending time together. You know, she was talking to her father and he was nervous for her and wanted her to get out of town because something was going wrong. uh Riggs had com- uh, comforted him and said, don't worry, we're going to have some of her, f- uh, her famous blueberry pancakes. Oh, I'm going to. And then the kit man had said, you know, oh, uh, I saw you guys eating blueberry pancakes, but then he remembered, wait, we didn't eat the blueberry pancakes because I knocked over the batter and we never cooked them. So it had to be somebody else. So it had to be her father who. Well,
1: yeah, as soon as that happened, it was just like, you know, like red flag, ding, 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 ding. Uh-huh. It was, it was pops. And then again, it's the same scenario I was kind of talking about earlier with um, the character. Once we find out they're a bad guy, all of a sudden they change because all season long, whenever we see him, it's, oh, Martin, we love you. You're part of our family. We miss you. Yeah. On and on and on and on and on. We love you, love you, love you. Oh, I'm glad you found someone new. Da, 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 Whatever. And then by the end of it, once we realize, that, oh, he's actually a bad guy, he's like, sorry, Martin, I had to end this way, but I've just set you up to be killed. Like yeah. that that's what I meant earlier, same thing with the you know when we find oh he's actually a bad guy now all of a sudden everything changes. it's just anyways,
0: sorry, go ahead, no, no, so yeah, basically he confronts his father in law and at first the guy's like, you know, no, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know, and then he essentially says, you know, yeah, it's the cartel boss, uh basically he was sending a message to me, not to you. And, uh, I've got other kids, I've got other grandkids. Basically, I said no too many times. They gave me this message. I didn't say no again after that. So he's essentially admitting that he's in the pocket of the cartel. That the boss has had his number and he can do whatever he wants. And this guy, which he's in a position of power. You know, what is he like the DA or something? Yeah, something like that. He's, he's
1: a, he's a mucky
0: muck in the city. Yes. Yep. So then, essentially, Riggs is you know
1: maybe he's like the state attorney general or something mm, like that. I think that
0: was it. Yeah, yeah,
1: that that seems that seems right. I was
0: like, I think it was a lawyer, but not really a lawyer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he had some kind of military title. Oh yeah, attorney general. Um. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's military lawyer. He's uh, a jack officer. Anyway, sorry that. Right. So yeah, uh, then uh, essentially, and. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but essentially, you know, Martin has his little meltdown because he realizes that, you know, this guy screwed him over, was responsible for her getting killed and has never told him this, has been dealing with the cartel behind their back, has been withholding information from him, et cetera. And then, like you said, you know, the guy's like, sorry, it had to end this way, but guess what? You're going down. And then now Gideon has Roger and Riggs and takes them to be properly tortured. Yes. Yes,
1: they're going to take the old old AED paddles to Roger's uh, chest to see which will uh, hold up longer, his heart or the pacemaker. Which when, you, let's add it special by putting your bare feet in water.
0: Yes, which again I appreciated the fact that they actually explained it instead of just like you know, oh, let's electrocute somebody and then have the rest of us viewers go, wait a minute, doesn't he have a pacemaker? What about that? What's going to happen there? Yep. And they actually said, by the way, a pacemaker can take. Yeah, you know, what was it like? One hundred and fifty watts, one hundred
1: and ten, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and this, this thing is... cranks out
0: like a thousand. So let's see yep. which gives out first.
1: Yep, and there's some torturing going on. Yep, not for long though. No, nope, because Riggs uh, managed to get a piece of a uh, a metal shaving off that chair, and then use that to uh, to cut his
0: thick ropes with. It wasn't thick ropes. I thought it was uh, duct tape. No, it was ropes. Okay. He used ropes. Cause you
1: had that thing where he's sawing through the ropes and there's like that right. one little piece of strand of rope left. And this is the thing to me, if you're, if you're kind of pulling at the same time when you're cutting, when that finally breaks away, once your hands like jerk forward, <laughs> it's obvious so, they yeah. were suddenly released, but instead they managed to stay perfectly still. And then here, I'm going to lure, lure someone closer to me by laughing maniacally. Yep. Someone's going to step forward and lean right in close. So then I can grab them, hit them and take their gun and start shooting everybody.
0: Uh, don't most people nowadays use zip ties rather than rope? Yeah, well, m- m- for, you know what?
1: These are Mexicans, though. But Gideon's not a Mexican. Cartel. It's the Mexican cartel. He is okay. honoring their traditions of using nylon rope.
0: You just pulled that one right directly out of your ass, didn't you? Oh, I most
1: certainly did. <laughs> I'm
0: like, like, you show me where they're... it says that the Mexican cartel has a tradition of using <laughs> nylon rope.
1: Like, I know what my traditions are. Yeah. <laughs> now, zip ties are so hard to come by out there in Los, Los Angeles.
0: So, basically, he gets loose. He gets Roger loose. They chase off after their respective guys. You know, Roger goes after the uh, the Weasley guy who was defibbing him. Yeah. And Riggs goes after Gideon. Uh, short showdown. It, it didn't, very short. Didn't last very long. Yeah,
1: then they were on train tracks. Yep, And
0: and,
1: uh, he, and then the train
0: ran Gideon down. Yeah. I, I definitely think that he could say nobody can survive that and mean it this time.
1: Right, right. Because
0: he got run over by a train? Yes. Very quickly with much force. And then Riggs disappears because now he knows that it was the cartel boss down in Mexico, the one that he's already had dealings with a few episodes <laughs> yes. back. Who, yes. Who lied to his face. And uh, then we see another um kind of fallacy for the justice system which is that you know the father-in-law is immediately arrested in cuffs being led through the police district station yep, yep. that wouldn't happen like that he wouldn't have been Not in the building way. to begin with right and is somebody he knew the jiggles up yeah and somebody that high profile they would have brought him before a judge or something they it, it wouldn't yep. have been like oh let's bring him into a regular interrogation room there would have been special considerations, especially around the press and the media.
1: Um, but then, you know, well, how was it? I'm trying to think the order of which things happened. Oh, because like when he goes to the house, when Riggs goes to the house, it's before they get captured, correct? Yes. Because Trish is like, we're your family. You need to come back because Riggs – because Murtaugh asked for a new partner. Yep. yep. And – She's like, we're still your family, Martin. You need to come back. And then, like, basically Martin says, like, goodbye. You're you're, you're awesome. Yep. And, Eves. and then we get the torture scenes. And then we get that, oh, Riggs is in Mexico. And ugh, when he called up the cartel boss yep. to let him know he was there, right? And then he goes, oh, if I was going to – you know, like if I had planted a bomb in your car, it already would have gone off by now. <laughs> I just want to let you know I'm here and I'm coming for you. Yep. I thought they, I thought he was gonna, they were gonna wrap it up real quick and kill him. I was actually very surprised that instead he just delivered a warning and then he walked off into the crowd. Right. I was well because
0: it didn't seem his style. No, not at all.
1: And then cut to Murtaugh being like, uh, "I got to do something," and Mm -hmm. she's like, "I know." Come, you know, like remember the rule. You need on to come rule. back to me alive, yep. yeah. yeah. And then next thing you know, boom, he's driving to old Mexico. Yep. So that that was a good ending. It's kind of a cliffhangerish, but yep. like if the show never came back, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's too bad,
0: right? And so. and the thing is, as much as you know, we did find fault with a lot of stuff in there. Personally, I loved this episode. I'm I'm genuine. Yep. I thought this Ooh. was a great episode. It felt almost like a movie.
1: I thought it was a great finale. Like I thought yep. it was definitely a good way to finish the series, to finish the season, to wrap things up. Yep. You know, um, you know, it's it's a it's kind of a cliffhanger ending, but it's not a cliffhanger ending. Yep. So, no, I just I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was genuinely surprised all how much I enjoyed the show all season.
0: So, me too. Uh, I yep. again, people who dog on it, you don't know what you're missing. It's not the greatest show in the world, but it's really enjoyable. It's just a solid, um, enjoyable show. It is. I've been surprised at how much I've enjoyed it. And, you know, the funny is funny. The serious is serious. Thomas Lennon, again, is the best Leo gets yet. Yeah, I actually would like to see more of him. I hope we get to see more. Are they? Okay. Well, <laughs> what? let me pull this out of my news bag. Um, okay. They they talked to the creator of the show, the producer, and he talked about season two. And he said, yeah. first off, he wants Thomas Lennon back, too, because he loved Good. him and he wants to bring him back. He also wants to bring back Hillary Burton, who was um, the DEA woman there, Riggs' new love interest. <laughs> Palmer. Palmer, yes. Um yeah. get this. This is fun little trivia. He said that it's harder with her because she has a child and he tries to work around her schedule as best as he can because, you know, he doesn't want her to be away from the kid. Plus she has a husband who's an actor by the name of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's Oh, I didn't realize that. right That's funny. With, uh Walking Dead. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. But he says that he's he's always willing to accommodate her schedule. He wants to bring her back as much as possible next season. And he also said, it was kind of weird, kind of vague, but he said that basically season two, they're going to do a, what did he call it? He said it's like a fresh start. It's almost like jumping into the next movie, kind of. Um, He said that basically he sees the next season in a show as like a soft reset. You know, you're not rebooting everything from the beginning, but you need to kind of start things back. Right. Which they're at a good place right now. If they, you know, the way that they ended it, they could start up the next season and not tell us what happened down in Mexico. Or, you know, maybe just have like one episode, cover it and then get right back into the show and have it be. Now we've got to deal with Roger wanting a new partner. (laughs) Riggs dealing with this. I don't think we're going to have to deal with, with Roger wanting a new partner though. I don't want that either, cause I think that yeah. they would, they would kind of make it into a joke thing, you know, you'd see, we'd go through two or three different partners where they would rub him the wrong way, kinda like when we had that one episode where he met up with a guy who was just like him.
1: Yes. And they got along wonderfully.
0: Yeah. I, I could see them making it too much of a joke or like Riggs keeps coming in and sabotaging the partner, you know, making them doubt themselves or screwing something up so that then they get, you know, screwed over type of thing. Yeah. Um, like, uh, it would be too comedic.
1: Yep. It would and be I don't funny. think they need that.
0: So I'm hoping that they let them be partners again and we go from there. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um,
1: I did not watch The Blacklist this week. It wasn't on. Okay. So there you go. I'm all set. Uh, oh, that's right. I knew it wasn't on. What was it I didn't watch that was on this week?
0: Did you watch Superstore?
1: I did watch Superstore. Yes, I, I thought it was. A, I thought it was pretty funny.
0: There, there was some good stuff. It was funny to see that her Amy's father was the guy who we just watched be the yes. uh, crooked guy on
1: <laughs> yes Riggs' father in law. Yes, yep.
0: um, um, yeah. It was an okay episode. Glenn was a little over the top again with his whole oh yeah the integrity
1: award. He, yeah, he wanted people to nominate him, and then he didn't want anyone else to be nominated because you
0: know. And the whole going up to Cheyenne and being like, oh, you should write a little bit more. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, it was – I thought it was – I mean, I laughed. Yeah. Yeah. Different times. Like with uh, Mateo, you know, uh,
0: launching the, all those bug, bug bombs. A dozen bug bombs.
1: Yeah, like a dozen. And then later on, you get that little snippet of like, hey, I, I can only find one bug bomb and I, I need to do my whole house. And she's like, oh, geez, so you only need one of those for a house. You're all set. Don't worry. There's more than enough. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw that he busted out like a dozen. Um, I also I thought it was funny when uh, when Glenn and um, wheelchair guy, I can't think of his name, were yeah. all like, yeah, yeah, get raw like kind of drugged up trying like talking to each other at the end and he's like he goes like I'm very emotional about this and I'm crying but I don't know why I'm crying I don't think I'd normally be crying about something like this right you know like <laughs> that's because they're being poisoned yep <laughs> like seriously like a stupid series finale of this show is if they all got killed from the- <laughs> <That would laughs> be awesome. I mean? like all I can think of them watching this is just, like they all get killed and die and that's the series finale <laughs> I don't know why, but that would be funny. Uh,
0: now, yeah. Powerless was not on this week for a really weird reason. It was what? actually bumped to rerun the premiere of Trial and Error, which happened on Tuesday.
1: I did not watch Trial and Error this week.
0: Okay. It was two episodes, and it looks like they're going to do two episodes a week. Okay. Um, did you, I did watch it. What was your initial thoughts of the show? My initial thoughts were... Uh it's funny, but it's not as funny as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, There are definitely some good jokes, and then there are some that are like, eh, um, you know they play up certain things like that this is a southern courthouse uh you know one of the jokes in one of the episodes is that he you know gets wanded down going through the metal detector and they find lip balm one of those little metal tins of Carmex lip balm and he yeah. says oh that's just my balm and they're like it's a bomb and he's like no 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 it's balm it's lip balm and then like the prosecutor walks in behind him and she is a 38 in a loaded 38 in her purse and they're like, "Oh, hey, you finally upgraded your gun cuz yeah, the other one kept sticking." So, you know, I I went with this. They're like, "Oh, cool." And they let And her they right wave her it. through. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then later on, as like a side note, we find out that they detonated his bomb <laughs> just to make sure that, you know, it didn't go off in the courtroom, um which I found that part funnier than the, you know, over the yep. top. But the funniest part of this honestly for me is the black lady who's like the receptionist because, and and you have to watch this. I can't do it justice, but she has multiple disorders. Like the first one that she introduces right off, like she, she says hi to the new guy and she like tells him where his office is. And then he comes back out and she's like, hi, can I help you? And he's like, we just met like 45 seconds ago. And she talks to the camera and she's like, I have facial amnesia. I can never remember anybody's faces and blah, blah, blah. So she has all these weird things when she sees beautiful art it makes her pass out, and they're all ridiculous and over-the-top, and it makes her one of the funniest characters. She how much that works somehow. Oh, it really does. Like, the other characters aren't nearly as good as her because cool. of these weird things. So, uh, but then she, like, makes fun of somebody for having dyslexia. You know, she's like, oh, <laughs> why would I have something like that? Uh-huh. Um But, yeah, I thought it was amusing. It was definitely not raucously funny. It was not something that I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch more of this. But I'll watch more of it. Um, I'm hoping it picks up a little bit. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. But like I said, they're they're half-hour episodes. There's two on at a time. So you got two, and then there will be another two this week.
1: Um, Last week after we recorded, I did watch that uh, new uh, Sunday night uh, time travel show on Fox. Which one was that? The new one with the duffel bag where they go back to 75. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I forgot all about that. Yeah.
0: I can't decide if that's good or dumb. Yeah. I I felt the same way. That's why I said I wanted you to watch a little bit of it so that I could see it. Yeah.
1: I watched the first two episodes and basically – I don't know – It it makes everyone back in 1775 seem like they are completely stupid. Yes. Every single one of them, they're mindless sheep, essentially, that are easily swayed one way or the other based on a good speech. And for whatever reason, ham is like currency. Um, Yeah, the guy who the main character, he didn't actually invent the time machine. His dad did. He found it when his dad died. I mean, I don't know. It just... I don't know
0: it felt like they wanted to do smart humor, but they yep. did it in dumb ways yep yeah and I I didn't dislike it but I definitely did not like
1: the uh, his, the history professor all I could think of when I saw him was like it was a cheap knockoff of cheaty from the good place <laughs> yes yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to watch any more of that show, to be honest, because I watched the first two episodes, and I was like, eh, there's
0: other stuff I could be watching. I know they only got, like, nine episodes after they got cut yeah. down. Yeah. I'll probably keep watching it for now because I don't have any conflicts, but... Um, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It- I do. It's called work, like, an <laughs> excessive amount of it. Yeah. And, you know, three kids, and... Uh, but uh, so I try to watch what I think to me is what I want to see the most or what I'm looking forward to the most. Like for instance, this also hindered me. They they just put the first two seasons of Lucha Underground up on Netflix on the 15th, and I did watch the first four episodes of that. So that because <laughs> that's wrestling, <laughs> and I do my love my wrestling. Um, but I did watch The Blacklist Redemption. Yep. And uh, so essentially uh, the beginning is there's some uh, terrorists that are broken out of a uh, CIA or NSA or whatever it is, uh black site prison that no one knows about, which is downtown Manhattan practically. And they're, they hire Scotty's team to very covertly and secretly try to recover these missing uh, criminals. And um, one of them – uh, basically, he's broken out, Was we discover, because he allegedly sold uh, – hacked into uh, secure databases, stole plans to uh, basically ballistic missiles or some sort of a missile and then sold it to the Iraqis or the Iranians. And uh, he maintains that he was set up and so he orchestrated this breakout so he could steal this document to prove that he was innocent and that he was set up. And, um I'm watching this and I'm the first thing that's screaming in my brain is how in the hell is Elizabeth okay with this? Like how is this being told to her, justified to her, explained to her that Tom is off doing this stuff that he's in New York, that he's you know not home, he, ne- he never goes home. He's never with the kids. Like how are they explaining this on the blacklist? Like I, it just it, it
0: didn't make any sense. Like that is just you know what I mean? Yo yeah. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. And since the blacklist, the regular blacklist is on hiatus, we don't get any of those answers. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't make any sense. Like
1: she was in the first episode of, uh, of the redemption. And essentially they just – they said, oh, well, he's going to New York to read his father's will. That was at least a month ago now. (laughs) A month and several hijinks (laughs) and capers before this. You know what I mean? And he's going like – like last week when he spent several days in Russia. Like how does he – how is he explaining this? It doesn't make any sense. It's it's That's the one hang-up I have. They didn't give us a believable, justifiable reason why Tom is not with Elizabeth and their kid because of the last season of The Blacklist where he fought so hard to be with them. You're so lucky. Why? Because that's your only hang-up with this show. Oh no no no! That's not my only hang up, but that's the one that every the beginning of every episode when they don't give us a justification as to how, or some excuses to why Tom's going on a caper and you know to to you know whatever that bothers me. Okay, so this episode though when they when they start talking about the seven keys of the internet, I'm going oh my god oh my god! John just <sighs> popped a <the> blood vessel,
0: <laughs> the one in his eye, in his- <laughs> he's yeah. bleeding out in his eye right now. I was just like isn't it about time to take my heart medication? Yeah, I think <laughs> oh, it is. God.
1: And then, oh yeah, that was great. I absolutely loved it. 7 absolutely, keys to the yes. internet. Yep. <sighs> There's some sort of secret 7, Seven keys, keys the that are given
0: to random security experts around the country, but apparently they're not so secure because one guy gets quote unquote sick, you know, with a heart issue. And he's immediately replaced by the next guy in line like that. Like, they didn't say, let's call off the meeting or anything. They're like, oh, just get in the substitute. Yeah. Nah, we can vet him later. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. And then their high-tech security area where they've got, like, six different checkpoints, each man by a different person doing retinal scans and handprint scans and biometric scans. And they missed the sharpened pen in that guy's pocket that, you know, yep. was sticking out three inches. Yep.
1: Yeah, and, apparently and all you needed the, was an
0: all you needed was an
1: axe to get in anyways.
0: Yeah, well not only that but then like he uses the pen to hold this other guy hostage, stabbing it up in his throat and grabbing the guy's gun because they let a guy walk in there with a loaded gun into the area. Well that area. that was the security guy. Why was he, he was inside the, the Faraday
1: cage? He was cuz he's got to protect them poorly, that's why.
0: Ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yes it is. It's ridiculous.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and with your powers combined, I can rewrite any DNS number. No, you can't. No, you can't. That is ridiculous. The entire concept of it. They were trying to use DNS entry. They were trying to use the numbers. I get it. They were trying to put some science behind it. Good for them. But it's ridiculous to think that there's this group that every couple of months just shakes up the numbers, moves them around to different
1: places. It's Uh -uh. definitely stupid. Yeah. It's definitely stupid. But yeah, when they were talking about the seven
0: keys of the internet, I'm like, oh, God, that blood vessel in John's eye just exploded. Oh, it, it did not, fortunately, but it was really goddamn close. And but anyhow, I, I mean, ultimately, it
1: wasn't a terrible episode, but no. there's just there's too much in this one that – I did enjoy the uh, the uh, the back and forth between Tom and Solomon when Solomon was pretending to be
0: like the, uh, the plumber. It <laughs> was awesome. The, those that, two deserve an award just for their on-screen duo.
1: That was pretty fantastic. Like I want to see them revamp this show and not make it about Scotty trying to find that Tom's her kid or this or that or Tom's dad being all cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy about That's what's really going on. That's getting really
0: old. Oh, Both massively old.
1: Massively old. I just want a whole show about, about – I just want the an odd couple buddy flick with say, Tom and Solomon. You want the Blacklist Lethal Weapon. Yes, basically, <laughs> where they go out on missions together and they do things because I think it's great because I – the character playing Solomon, like I don't know if they if he's just portraying him this way or you know whatever, but like when he's breaking down about how oh, no you can trust Tom he's going to help you because I mean basically look I'm still alive and I essentially shot up his wedding and kidnapped his bride <laughs> yeah <you know? laughs> and look at me I'm still alive but you know what I mean like that whole bit while he's just rattling that off while the girls screaming I'm just like I played it back so I can listen to that again to hear everything he said because it was hilarious it was it
0: was yeah it was done really well like oh oh. Oh, you're the plumber. Oh, what?
1: I mean, it was just great. It was fantastic. That whole bit was the best part of the whole episode.
0: Oh, you see a black man in a suit like this. You automatically assume he's breaking into your house. Go ahead. Take me away. What is the maximum sentence for fixing somebody's damn sick? He's <laughs> like, I'm not a
1: racist. No, no, no. I'm not. It was just great. And then finally, like, all right, we'll see you guys later. And they just leave
0: him yelling at each other. At the end of the rant, he's like, I've seen your artwork. I've seen it upstairs. There's no black people in it. <laughs> like it was that over the top. Yeah. And then they leave and the guys like Rrr. it's like okay we got to take care of that. And then they but then like
1: <laughs> they never talked to him or like explain anything. They just cut to the next thing. Right. Like we don't know why they were there in that apartment. Like I don't remember why. Like why those um, guys why, why those guys broke in there is what I mean. Yeah, I don't remember either honestly. Yeah. Uh, well, but uh, I mean, I'm going to keep watching the show because essentially the interactions of Tom and Solomon are great, and I do like how some of the show is shot. I just not a fan of the storyline of Scotty trying to find her kid, and Tom's like, "But she knows, she knows the crazy dad," and then you know why him not being with Elizabeth and not, not being justified. Okay, wow. So it sounds like there's a lot I don't like, but I'm just gonna keep watching it, anyways. Uh,
0: don't forget, you got to add in the um, uh, the black lady on their team who they suddenly decided she needed to have more depth oh. of character. So let's give. So her she's a, drug,
1: a drug addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's handy.
0: Yeah, it, it, handy and dumb. Yep.
1: <sighs> hey, I watched. Uh, I watched Grimm. So did I. Okay, so uh, little Mary Sue is back. Yeah, in all of her glory. Yeah. God, she's a terrible you know, actress, isn't she? Oh, and I, I, I hate that kid's voice. Eve's in there. That's her blood. Um. And then Nick uses the stick to go through the mirror after Eve, but then the stick can't go through because you know it, it needs Hexenbeast blood. So what's better than Hexenbeast blood? A stick. Right, right, right. So he uses that stick to step through the mirror. And of course, when the stick doesn't go through and Nick's trapped on the other side without it, Diana's like, oh, it can't go through. That's it's not allowed to. Don't you guys know that? It doesn't belong
0: there.
1: Why the fuck didn't you share that with him then? Why'd you let him go through? Why'd you watch Kelly's daddy
0: basically knowing that he's not gonna be able to get back? Why'd you let him go through? And I like how this kid is all knowing and all seeing. She knows everything before anybody even asks. But when Renard shows up, she's like, Daddy, and looks at her mom and goes, Am I going to daddy's? You know everything, kid. Knock it off. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. Diana, we just we've discovered now that she's the chapot or whatever. She's the she's to be the the child bride of the ultimate evil and make them one hundred
0: babies. Yeah. And I, I wanna also throw this <sighs> out there. They decided to use uh, Schrodinger's cat as an example of what? I don't know. I think they were trying to talk about the mirror realm. But here's the thing. Yeah. Schrodinger's cat, as they explained in here, they even did a fairly good job of explaining it. It's a thought experiment that says that until you open up the box and observe what has happened inside, both states exist simultaneously. The cat is alive and dead. And that's the whole thing is like two parallel realities that both exist at the same time. What was going on in the mirror has absolutely nothing to do with parallel realities. If they're trying to say, oh, this is what the world would be like if uh, the Vessen took over, you know, and everyone would still be primitive and living in the black forest of Germany and primitive and blah, blah, blah. It, that's not it at all because our world exists as it is right now. Uh, I, I can't except that they're using quantum theory to try to say that our world is one of two only two possible realities. this that we yeah, see right th- here and then a primitive black forest.
1: Yeah, I thought that was weak sauce too because you know all the Vessin are stuck as Vessons like um, you know not only are they are they vesin. Like they're stuck, like they they don't unvogue or whatever. They're like it's, they're basically they're constantly vogued. but they're also very primitive and primal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know they they rely. They're basically they're more animals than human, and then the humans eat them. So that's kind of gross. Um, and then because uh, Eve is is a hexen beast, she's slowly changing to become a a hexen beast full time. I guess. Yep. As a matter of fact, the episode finishes out when the uh, the bad guy's got his magic scepter and it's starting to glow because he's going to launch some sort of attack. Uh, you can see Juliet transform into. I'm sorry, Eve. Eve is <laughs> one of the things I liked about this episode. I'll talk in a second, but you see Eve transform into a beast. I was hoping to talk about that. Yeah, um, I actually really do love the fact that uh, she said. I am not Juliet, Nick. She's gone, and she's not coming back.
0: I like that. She she essentially laid it all out. Yeah. Which is something that we've been wondering for a while now. You know, were they going to try to bring Juliet back and say, "Oh, yeah," you know, he was just covering it up. But no, this one's like, nope. I remember things that happened when I was Juliet. I am not her. I am not her anymore. I will never be her again. This is who I am, and I'm writing my life as it is now.
1: Yes, and she's okay with it. Yep. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the, basically the episode ends with uh, no one knows how to get them out of the mirror, essentially. And Nick and Juliet are uh, – sorry, Nick and Eve are going to be battling the, the Diana's future uh, demon – Demon bride, demon uh, groom.
0: Yeah, because this one woman who they've never met, who's heard of some prophecy somewhere down the line that may or may not have anything to do with this, says, oh, she's going to be a child bride of Satan.
1: She's basically a Mary Sue in herself, Mm -hmm. you know, because we've never met her before. Nope. We've never seen her before. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, she's popping up.
0: Oh, and once again, little blondie locks there who I want to backhand. Yeah, she's a kid. I said it. Um, she awesome. uh, she can do anything, say anything, levitate, etc. cetera. Uh, but the woman's like, can she speak Russian? And he looks at her and he's like, no, let's talk Russian. Yeah. And she's like just sitting there oblivious, like doom, dee, doom, dee, doom. How did they not let her be able to speak Russian? Because, I mean, um, she can do everything else.
1: Dude, how is everyone in the room okay with them talking in Russian? You know, like, hey, yeah. don't talk in Russian. You, you know, instead of like, what, what are you saying? And then he's like, ah, I'll tell you later. And they're like, oh, Okay, cool. Yeah, let's put let's put Diane to bed. And now I'll explain to you what's going on. Everyone's like, oh, we'll be patient. Like yeah. that. This no, is the guy that they, they don't, already don't trust. This is a guy that they were trying to kill, and he was trying to kill them, and on and on and on. And and,
0: and the woman's on the other end of the space call. Skype, yep. real classy. Um, the, the other end of the Skype call actually started off speaking English perfectly and then switches yeah. to Russian. And like you said, nobody's like, hey, 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 what are you guys talking about? They're yeah. just like, hmm, this must be important to, for yep. them to switch to mm. Russian. Yeah. The guy we don't trust is being given information from only
1: the person he knows in a language none of us speak or understand. Let's patiently wait for him to translate that for us on a later time. Yeah. I, uh, I loved this show until this season.
0: I loved it until about two seasons ago. When they got rid of the trailer, that's when I lost it. It did start to go
1: downhill when they lost the trailer, yeah. It did. This is one of those shows you could go back to the early episodes and, and rewatch them and, and enjoy them
0: thoroughly still. <laughs> Which I think they're actually trying to capture on because I noticed that the preview for the next one, they literally say, Grim fans are going back to where it all began back to the cabin in the woods. I'm <laughs> like, wow, they really know what we want, huh? And it's not what this show is now. Well,
1: I'll take it. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's almost over. For better or worse. Yep. Um, let's see here.
1: I, I, I think, sadly, that's it for me. So you did not watch Legion? Oh no, I did. I did, but I didn't. I watched. There was. I essentially had four episodes to watch, and I watched two of them. And And it was a chore. You still like it? It was a chore. It It was a chore to watch them. I don't. I just. I'm not. It's not pulling me in. Okay. It's not gripping. It's not even keeping my attention. I just. Yeah. I, I just. I don't know. Like. It's like, here's the thing. Like, I watched the first two episodes. I, okay, I watched the first episode. I actually was like, all right, this is kind of neat, I guess. Let's see where it goes. I watched the second episode. I'm like, okay, all right, okay. And then I watched the third episode, and I'm just like, Jesus. Like, I had a hard time getting myself geared up to watch the third episode because realistically it's like, all right, I'd rather watch Taken. Believe it or not, I'd ra- I want to watch Iron Fist. Iron Fist is now on Netflix. I really want to watch that. Everyone's saying how awesome it is. Like my, my, you know, Our friends that are watching it. But I'm like, no, no, I got to watch Legion so I can get caught up so that John and I can talk about it. So I literally struggled through episodes three and four. And then I was like, I can't watch five. I just can't do it.
0: Wow. Yeah. I love it. I can't get enough of this show. It's... Yeah. It's bizarre, but they've started actually answering stuff. The big one was, of course, this week. They revealed through a promo and through hints and stuff like that that um, the yellow-eyed demon in his head is Amal Farouk, the Shadow King. Okay. And this is this is huge because the Shadow King was essentially one of the first mutants that Xavier ever fought. Um, he battled him on the astral plane. He was one of the most powerful telepathic, mental uh, mutants, and he's essentially unstoppable. He couldn't be killed. He had to be banished to a corner of the Astral Plane. And his battle with the Shadow King is the reason that Xavier started the X-Men. Because he realized that there were obviously this powerful of a threat out in the world, and that he needed more help, and he needed to prepare other mutants for what might come down the road. Um, So in a sense, it's kind of following along with the comics. Um, the the Shadow King in this most recent episode uh, essentially was telling them that uh, – he was telling David, your father hid you away when you were a baby, didn't want me to find you, but I found you anyway, and I've been inside your brain all along growing like a fungus. And um, All of his friends th- growing up, his Benny, his Lenny, even his dog King – Nice pun there. Uh, we're all the Shadow King, uh, manipulating him and pushing himself into reality and breaking away David from reality. Essentially, he, usually the Shadow King will burn through a mutant. You know, a normal mutant, he'll just burn right through their essence and consume them completely very quickly because he has such a voracious appetite for power. Um, but, with a strong brain like David's, he can actually take over and become corporeal again in this realm. So it's it's awesome. It's just so awesome to watch this. This entire last episode was nothing but the entire group of them inside the insane asylum where the first episode took place, but it's all the insane asylum as the Shadow King has them trapped inside of their mind slash David's mind. Like they haven't fully explained it, but that's what it is. They're all trapped in there. And Aubrey Plaza is getting to play this character and is playing the doctor who's talking to all of them and explaining to them why they have problems and what's wrong with their lives and basically making them all doubt their own sanity slash reality. I'm loving it. I really am. I'm sorry you don't. That's okay. Um, but it, it's just, for me, it's a breath of fresh air every week to watch it and just see how twisted it can be. You know, uh, two episodes ago, I don't know if you saw this one, Jermaine Clement. We got introduced to him. That was, uh, Miss Bird's husband who's been locked away in a coma for years. He's actually existing on the astral plane right now. Um,
1: yes, I watched that episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, He's coming back in this next episode because he knows about the Shadow King and he knows what's going on. Uh, We don't know if they're actually going to bring a version of Xavier onto the show as a result of all this. Um, But, yeah, I I loved it. This last episode was amazing, and I'm very excited that they finally said, yes, this is who the Yellow-Eyed Demon is, and this is where we're going with it. So, yeah.
1: No, I uh, I wanted to like it. I know how much you like it, and generally speaking, when you when you like things as much as you do, and you're like, you gotta watch, you gotta watch it. I'll watch it, and I'll I'll be in agreement with you. Yep. Um, I just can't. I'm having. I'm struggling so hard to watch this. And I know there's only like I'm I essentially I've watched half the series. Yes. And
0: I don't know. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean. Oh no, no, I understand that, but I just. Yeah, I'm not sitting here being like you're wrong. You need to try right. it again. You know, you've given it a couple of tries. If you don't like it, then it's not for you. Right. It has in the Second season. Yeah, oh, it has. Yep. Oh, good for everyone involved for making more money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So, uh, what else you got?
0: Uh, the only other one was that uh, I feel a bit sheepish here because I went ahead and watched the first six episodes of Iron Fist. I really appreciate if you would talk about that. Okay. You can. Did you like it? I did and did not. I will say this: I've seen both sides. I've seen the critics giving it so much shit that you know it could start a manure factory, and then I've seen the people who go the opposite extreme, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is the best show! It's the best thing that Netflix has done!" I think both sides are wrong. Okay. Um, I think that I will say the first episode is some of the weakest TV I've seen in a long time. If I had just gone off the first episode, I would not have kept watching. Yeah. Um, it was very weak. The acting was terrible. Um, the character that they've got playing Ward is awful. He has no emotional range whatsoever. Um, the writing was very, uh, sophomoric. Like, it was very generic dialogue, very, like, I watched it and I'm thinking this is like something that you would see on uh, the the quality of like an ABC sitcom back in the days when they had canned laughter. Okay, it's that kind of writing where you're like, holy crap! Did somebody really put this dialogue on paper and somebody had to memorize the line and go in there and somebody yelled action and they did this? Um, starting with the second episode, it starts to get better. Um,
1: yeah, I've I'm- heard I've heard from others that. Basically, kind of what you said about the first episode. The first episode is a little weak, it kind of drags, and then it does start to pick up from there. And then I have, like, you know, Aaron Bell, who's basically like, I love this show. I want to binge watch the entire thing right this second. Um, And of course, I had, you know, and he's pointed out it has its faults here and there. So uh, I was just curious where,
0: where, like,. Once you've watched a few episodes, we can talk a bit more in depth, but I am definitely not at the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really – I'm excited to keep watching this show. I'm watching it. I am not hating it, but I am definitely not in love with it. I would not – there is no way I could honestly say that this is the best thing that Netflix has done for the Marvel stuff. Jessica Jones or Daredevil are way above this show as far as I'm concerned, honestly. And and that's not me – You know, jumping on the critic bandwagon. This is me legitimately sitting down and watching six episodes. By the sixth episode, I'm liking it better. You know, they just had some stuff happen that was very enjoyable. However, I have not reached an episode yet where it's made me say, all right, now we're cooking. How are you faring
1: with – to Luke Cage?
0: Uh, you know, honestly, I've still only seen the first two episodes of Luke Cage. I realized that as I was watching this because somebody else was talking, saying how much they liked it. And I was like, you know, I never went back and finished Luke Cage. So I need to go back and finish Luke Cage. Oh god. I struggled. Like I literally had to force myself to watch the second.
1: Second half of that series.
0: I remember you said that it was really, really tough for you to get through. It was
1: rough. Like the first five, six episodes is essentially a six-hour-long black exploitation, nineteen seventies black exploitation flick. You right. know, um, and then after that, like, oh, it gets better after that because this person and this person comes in and this and that. And I'm just like,
0: uh. you, you see, I don't buy that. If your entire premise for a show is built on, we'll wait until so and so shows up. That's that's not cool. You know, that'd be like me saying, oh, Lethal Weapon was okay, but wait until Leo Getz shows up. Just keep watching. and Once he shows up, then the show really takes off. You can't say that because that's right. saying that, you know, one character can redeem an entire show, and I don't think that's the case. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with you on that one. I agree I, with you on that one. I'm, I will probably have all 13 episodes watched by the time we come back next week. Um, I don't know what your schedule is I'm working
1: eight days in a row right now, so I don't know if I'm going to get that done. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, my schedule is just stupid right now. Uh, Yeah, but anyhow, um, excuse me. I am actually, uh, probably after we finish up here tonight, I am going to go sit down and watch the first episode. Uh, uh
0: dude, it, give yourself time to watch the first two because again, I was about
1: to say I was actually just going to ask or should I wait to wait for the first two?
0: Yeah, because honestly the first one was bad. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be a bandwagon jumper. I'm telling you this <laughs> honestly. I watched it and then I waited till somebody else that I know and trust watched it, my sister, and I went to her and I said, "What did you think?" And yep. She goes, "Wow, that first episode was terrible, but then it starts to pick up a little bit." So, yeah. I don't feel that I'm in the minority here, and I don't feel that I'm just, like, saying this because it's the popular thing to say. I went into this with fresh eyes and said I've seen both sides of it. Everyone yeah. seems to have a polarized opinion. Everyone's in one camp yeah. or the other. Either it's the greatest thing or it's the shittiest thing. I find it somewhere in the middle, you know? So, yeah, um it – <sighs> Still, though, it has not grabbed me after six episodes to the point where I'm like, I can't wait to see more adventures of this kid. Mostly because I don't know who he is. Like, they're they're not building him as much of a – just watch it. Just watch it and we'll talk about it. Okay. Anyway. Will do. (laughs) I'm going to back burner that for now. (laughs) I think that's all that I had for shows that I watched this week. Did you watch any movies? I did not. Neither did I. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, no surprise, really. Um, You say you had some news? Yeah, I didn't watch any trailers either, even though I would open up my phone and say, new trailer for Transformers, and I went, next. Nope. Will not watch. Garbage. Swear to God, anybody tries to sell me on the next Transformers movie being good, I will laugh in your face and walk away because there's no way. There is no way that the next Transformers movie is going to be anything but garbage. I I, I would lean to agree with you uh, 100%. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, I already covered some of my new stuff. Obviously, um Lemony Snicket is getting a second season on Netflix. Not a big surprise, but happy to see that yeah. the cliffhanger that we got won't be the end.
1: Yeah. Um, no, that's not a surprise at all.
0: No. Uh show that I'm very happy to hear about, 12 Monkeys. They have renewed it through a fourth season. They said that it will be the final season. The third season starts this coming May, but they've already said, you know, yep, we'll let it run through the fourth season. So that, again, gives them time to write the story ending the way that they want to. I'm always a big fan when they can do that. Nice. Yep. So we'll have four seasons and it'll end the way that they want it to, which I'm super stoked because that is a fun time travel show. And the only other one that I had was something to kind of follow up. We had talked about it either last week or the week before. Uh, they finally confirmed what we said we hadn't heard about for a while, which is, yes, they are moving forward on The Young Sheldon Show, the spinoff oh, they, of Big okay. Bang. Um, John Favreau is going to be directing and producing executive producing the first episode. Oh wow. And it's going to take place in Texas when Sheldon is 9 years old going to high school. And it will be they've announced the cast. I didn't care. Uh Lori Metcalf is not there as his mother, which really bugs me. But
1: well, she's older and if they're going from, you know, 30 years ago, I mean, yeah. I, mean well,
0: I guess they could do brilliant stuff with makeup these days. So i still it, it bothers me that they're going all new cast but anyway um jim parsons will be narrating he will be the voiceover narrator. Oh, that's kind of cool. So it's
1: it's a flashback, obviously. Man. Yeah.
0: I don't know if they're going to do like a How I Met Your Mother kind of thing or if they're going to do a Wonder Years kind of thing. But they said that he Gosh, will be the narrator. Like I,
1: I think I would love it
0: if it was a Wonder Years type of thing. I think that that would be better than a How I Met Your Mother kind of thing. Unless that's their premise. They're going to be like, you know, Sheldon, what was life like when you were in high school? Well, let me tell you, Amy. And then they do the little How I Met Your Mother music. Um. But, yeah, I I think that a Wonder Years approach would be better, although Sheldon is such an insufferable person now. Like, his charms are only there because he's a grown man acting like a boy. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to translate when we've got a nine-year-old acting like a nine-year-old. Hmm. Obviously, he's going to be a wicked smart kid. Yes, because he'll be in high school at nine. And he's gonna get picked right. on a lot for that, I'm sure. I feel like he's gonna be hung on hooks.
1: <laughs> oh, and this should, for all intents and purposes, be taking place in the eighties.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, I would think so. Mid to late
1: eighties, maybe yeah. even early you know, early nineties, the soonest, I guess. That's that would make the
0: most sense oh, to me. Speaking of which, I will tell you this. So I, I read one person was talking about their views on Iron Fist, and I had to laugh at it because they said one of the biggest problems that they had at first was the fact that when we – in the first episode, when we first meet Danny Rand you know, uh, walking along the streets, he's listening to an iPod. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy has been gone for 15 years. Where would he have gotten that technology? And then they went, hold on. And they looked it up, and they were like, holy crap. iPods came out 15 years ago. So it was legit. Damn. How does that make you feel old? So the old school iPod with that circular wheel on it? Yes. Fifteen years ago, that was brand new tech. That's crazy to think about. I had to laugh. That's absolutely crazy yeah, to think cause, about. Because here they were thinking that they'd found fault in the show. You know, oh, you've got your technology wrong. And then they looked it up. They're like, holy crap. They are right. <laughs>
1: That is nuts to think about.
0: Yeah, ah, good times. <laughs> but that's all I've got for this week. What about you?
1: No, that wraps up my week actually. So,
0: yeah, yeah. nice easygoing week. Uh, lots of passion yeah. talk. Lots of back and forth.
1: I know to think about all the shows we watch. The one that we. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Battle over is this is us. (laughs) And only now, like every other week, we've been in complete agreement. Now we're like, no. That's funny. (laughs) I'm team dead dad. I'm team (laughs) live dad. (laughs) Cool. All
1: right. Well, give us your opinions. Somebody, for the love of God, watch Blair Witch and tell me what you think about it. (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. That still hasn't happened?
1: No, it hasn't happened yet. And if they've had it, then they're just withholding
0: information from me. Maybe they're trying to spare your feelings. You haven't even watched Blair Witch yet. No, I have not. Yeah, exactly. I watched six episodes of Iron Fist, though. So you could have watched Blair Witch three times. Yeah, no. Even if I liked it, I'm not going to watch it three times. There are very few movies I'll watch that often. No, John,
1: I've known you long enough that there is not very few movies that you would watch
0: only three. Back to back. How's that? Back to back.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I I can't even think of... Yeah, I don't, I don't, other than a, a small child, I can't think of any adult that watches the same movie repetitively back to back on a loop.
0: I could think of a few, but I won't talk about them here.
1: Okay, so. fair enough.
0: So, um,
1: <laughs> let us know what your thoughts are about this is us. Uh, are you team dead
0: dad or team live dad? And, uh, which <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad we didn't have a bigger following because we could get like hashtags going.
1: I know, right? It'd be great. Hashtag dead dad. Anyways, uh, Hashtag I'm, on dad. <laughs> I'm on the uh, the old Twitterverse uh, at Superstar Mel. And I'm on there at the Quantum Geek.
0: That's G33K.
1: The show is uh, at What Did You Watch, and then we got that old uh, Facebook page What did you watch this week? Go give it a like if you haven't already. Because I definitely feel like there's a lot more people that uh download and listen to the show uh, based on the numbers that Martin gives us, the then likes we have on the Facebook page.
0: So yeah, thanks. Alrighty then, talk to you all next week.